Hey there. If you would like to support this show or other shows that happen to be like it, consider going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, that is where you can kick us a couple of bucks a month to support, you know, what we do um, and get some cool stuff in return. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. Are you sure your parents are going to be cool with this? I mean, relax. Like you're you're not the first boyfriend I brought home. Okay, all right. I'm I'm just nervous. You know, it's uh, it's always weird meeting the significant other's family. No, I I, I, I get it. You'll you'll like them. They're nice. Uh, here, yeah, here comes my dad now. Hey, dad. Hey, th- this is Milton. Welcome to the family, son. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Thanks. That's quite a hug you got there, huh? Uh, thank you for having me. Oh man, that smells. That smells great. Can't wait to eat. This was supposed to be a very special feast. Hit boy's got to eat. He got to have his supper. Um, yeah, th- thank you. Uh, I'm just going to go wash my hands. Jeez, nice guy, but pretty intense. Wash your hands? What? Slip out before dinner was done? I, I, was, I, was, I was just washing my hands. I was, see? Look, I'm, I'm drying them right now. This little towel here with little porkies on it. Goddamn pigs! Uh, okay, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. This is, this is too bad. Your dad just burst into the bathroom, like not the door, the wall. I, I'm sorry. I mean, he he means well. He can be a little intense. I know. I just, uh, that's kind of an understatement, man. You, you really could have. I guess if you grew up with it, you have no. Okay. Well, it's okay. It's it'll, it'll be fine. It's all good. It's all good. Dumb some bitch wasn't no good if it hit him. Shut the fuck up, Jeff. <laughs> Gary Butterfield. My name's Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are beginning Resident Evil Month. Resident Evil Windows mm-hmm. Month? 
with Resident yeah, Evil off, 3. Oddballs. Yeah, oddballs that happen to still be in the main line of the series. Yeah, when, not... when we eventually get to Gaiden, uh, Revelations, and Outbreak 2, that, that's when you can tell we really hit the oddballs. Right. Um, but yeah, these are not kind of the canonical great ones. Uh, well, two, two of them, not the canonical great ones, and then the last one is way too new to be considered canonical anything. Um, and it's very different. Yes. It is, uh, you know, so the, what we're covering is we're covering uh, number three, Nemesis, uh, also kind of number three code veronica and then uh resident evil 7 which is uh considered one of the great ones and is Mm -hmm. uh you know it's like the second best resident evil game but it's uh very different than the ones that came before yes yeah um and we're starting here with resident evil 3 nemesis which is a survival horror game developed and published by capcom for the playstation in 1999 just one scant year after uh, our good old friend Resident Evil 2 came out. It's been four and a half years since we covered Resident Evil 2, Gary. That seems like uh, longer than it has actually been. I know, right? <laughs> uh, and we did that after we did Remake, right? No, we did uh, we did Remake after. Oh, oh we did Remake afterwards. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay. Because I was like, man, it hasn't been four and a half years since we've done our traditional Resident Evil. No, no. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, for those, uh, you know, people ask about this and it's like on a long enough timeline, I think we will get to all of this series. Yes. Uh, going through this month and playing all of these games in a row, I thought it would be fatiguing and it was anything but like, nah, yeah. this is a really exciting month because uh, I love these games yeah. quite a bit. I have like, a tremendous amount of affection for them, even when they fall down. It's a weird thing because they're, they're uh, you know, especially the, you know, other than seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the crop we're, we're talking about, you know, so we did Silent Hill 3, which is like undeniably more ambitious mm-hmm. than Resident Evil 3. These go down so easy for me. Yep. Like they're they're so much less challenging. And I don't mean that as a as a compliment or necessarily a damning thing. It's not yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is just like I feel like this game is ex- I mean, this game is extremely breezy Yeah. Uh, in a way that just like feels real good and easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, uh, it's, it's been, it's been real fun, uh, revisiting these bad boys. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, code Veronica, which doesn't stand up quite as well, mm-hmm. which we'll, you'll hear about next week. Yes. Um, so this is, as we mentioned, only a year after Resident Evil 2, four and a half years after we cover Resident Evil 2. <laughs> uh, but you should listen to that episode, uh, if you're not familiar, because this is actually an interqual. This is a weirdo one-off kind of thing in the series where this takes place, uh, during, before and after Resident Evil 2. Yes. Uh, it this is... is it is one of the one of the many times that Capcom would go back to the Raccoon City incident. Yes, it is. A, hey, it's a good incident, bro. Like it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, as far as incidents go, yeah. um, it's very strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is it. Kind of answers, you know. So in the second one, you play as uh, Leon and Claire. Um, this is hey, what's Jill Valentine up mm-hmm. to you during this time? Um, so you play her uh, from the first game, and uh, you don't get a choice of characters. Um, this is just a single player experience with jill right um and one of the things uh we'll talk about this more next week but one of the things that i think is interesting is that a lot of the uh the bloat uh that comes through in code veronica Uh i think is their attempt to do the two character thing but not make it uh optional and kind of rush yeah it's just like what if you did both characters (laughs) things back to back and that was the game yeah code veronica is like a fixing and elaboration upon the zapping system in a way that this completely issues it yeah, and yeah. and makes it it's it's this is they're both two different approaches. So these are both different takes on that Resident Evil two thing, and it that just kind of goes to show like making that second playthrough mandatory is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this doesn't do that. No, so it ends up being like the sh- you know maybe the shortest Resident Evil. Like 
it is uh, you can beat the other ones with one character, you know, in about this much time. But this is the complete story. Yes. Um, there are a couple little wrinkles that we'll talk about. But this ends up being, you know, not just feeling breezy because it's a it's a really quick paced, uh, very good game, but also um, just very, very short in the number of hours. Yes. Uh, it goes by real quick. So if you're, you're looking for a bite sized Resident Evil chunk, this is a good one to revisit. Yeah. This is also very standalone in terms of story. Like, mm-hmm. you just need to know Jill Valentine, ex-cop, dealt with zombie stuff in the first game, and is sick and tired of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and started wearing some some regrettable wardrobe. Uh, yeah, she, she, she bought from the Laura Croft collection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the general play of this game is really similar to RE1 and RE2. Uses a similar, uh, the same engine. Uh, they modified it so you can show more enemies on the screen, uh, which makes sense because you are in a city. Um, for most of this, and you are outside for most of it. Uh, the biggest things that they did uh, to make this game feel different, though, were changes that made the game more action-focused. So this is where we get the quick turn introduced, uh, and very, uh, uh, you know, thankfully, they introduced this dodge function, uh, which I had forgotten about, even though like I played this game very recently. When she jumped out of the way of a dog, it was like, oh yeah, this is this is great. Yeah, yeah, because that has always been a pro. Like, so Resident Evil games have never been about uh, your avatar control. It has always been about strategy and managing your resources mm-hmm. versus the tension of like what you know the advancing the the story will take. You know what how it's going to be a tax on those resources. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the quick turn is, is great. You know, um, it is what it is. It should have been there from the beginning. Like it's not, you know, it was silly the way that you turn around like a tank. <laughs> um, the dodge though, uh, answers one of the bigger problems with the game where it kind of makes this, uh, this hybrid where it's still about those, those things. It's still about managing your resources and such, but you can do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this, this actually has this huge impact and extends to the entire design of the game to where like, you know, so Resident Evil bosses, and I, I can't remember if this exact point has come up in, in Remake or Resident Evil 2, but they really tend towards battles of attrition. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot you can do. Yeah, you have to post uh, up and, and, and shoot at them until they come at you, and then maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to slowly run away um, in yeah, a weird you, S pattern around them. You don't just like stand there and take it. You move to the other side of the thing, you shoot them, and just you're going to get hit a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you heal up, you know, and it's about a test for your supplies, not for your play. Um, how how well have you been playing up until this point to have the reserves to get through this thing? Right. Um, not just regular, you know, not just boss encounters, regular encounters too, but boss encounters in this are, you know, orders of magnitude more fair mm-hmm. and feel better because of this dodge. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, you said it was like a parry and this is like being like a parry D uh, is that like there are shades of like Dark Souls to fighting Nemesis in this <laughs> where it's like learning, you know, like learning his uh, <laughs> learning his uh, uh, tells, like learning what side to be on him. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a like a video game ass boss fight. Yeah. Um, as opposed to this weird like Final Fantasy one ask, like have people stand in a field and punch each other. Right. Right. That uh, boss fights. And when we talk about these advancements, uh, you might think like, oh, this is. The bridge between classic Resident Evil and Resident Evil 4. No. Not, no. So, like, not only does it not quite go far enough, but also Code Veronica, as we'll talk about next week, is really interesting to talk about specifically with this game because mm-hmm. uh, it is such a step back. Right. Uh, the, there that there was no communication between these two teams, it feels like. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that was originally meant to be uh, Resident Evil 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that. Um, but... Uh, what ended up happening is you have these two games that chronologically 
have the same kind of place in the series. They're like side by side. And one of them is very forward looking and one of them is pretty backwards looking. Mm -hmm. And uh, it makes them a really interesting kind of pair. Right, right. Especially because Code Veronica at first glance appears to be so much more kind of like advanced, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there are things to recommend Code Veronica, oh, right? Oh, for sure, like yeah, yeah. You know, it's, we're, it's we're, a game with problems. We're going to talk about, well, I like that game. Yeah, yeah. And there are even, there are a couple, like, you move quicker. Oh. Uh, the knife is useful. There are a couple of minor <laughs> things that are still on that yeah. RE to RE4 continuum. Yeah. But not as strong as Resident Evil 3. Right. It's just weird how their improvements um, and their drawbacks don't quite line up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So really, really interesting pair of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, here um a really minor thing that i was surprised by how much i missed when i played Code veronica is mm -hmm. that you can also run upstairs yeah you don't have to press this. the action button to da, 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 up them yeah it's yeah. really cool like it, it actually ends up making kind of a big difference because yeah. as we'll talk about like zombies have a very different behavior when there are changes in elevation yeah uh, <laughs> they're motion sick boys yeah exactly it's like, like, oh, that, that is... oh boy my vertigo you can climb yeah, up like two steps man <laughs> <laughs> just like imagining that like depth of field like you know uh, uh <laughs> like, like shot like you mean from the movie steps. vertigo <laughs> yeah exactly like but just two steps <laughs> you know and then the zombie uh tries to puke acid on you or what have you yep um so earlier we we're talking about like uh figuring out how to dodge his attacks which side of him to be on uh what you're referring to is this game's namesake uh the nemesis which is the tyrant-like enemy that pursues Jill at various points in the game. And he was designed specifically to introduce a new kind of fear into the series, the sense of paranoia. Yes. Uh, and he's one of the best things the series has ever done. Oh, my gosh. The, in terms of contributions to horror games, Nemesis yes. is up there with, like, the dog shot. Like, the like the dog through the window shot. Yeah. <laughs> He's he Nemesis, I think, is extremely strong yeah. uh, as an idea and an execution uh, in this game. And they did not run this into the ground. Nope. Uh, even though they very well could have, you know, yeah. like this could have just been like, hey, this was a a, a thing that worked out. We're just going to keep on fucking doing it. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't like there's this is really there's shades of this in seven, but it's not quite the same. Mm, right. No, really. Right. Um, this is awesome. Yes. Um, so it's very similar, you know. I feel like a lot of people probably forgot about Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. You forgot about X. You all got Mr. Triple X. He's going to lose his mind. Um, I don't actually think that's a Triple X song. Uh, but he is uh, kind of similar to that. You know, that was like a real weird, minor, kind of barely explained thing in 2. Right. He's, you know, he's front and center here. Um, and like him, uh, he will pursue you. So he comes and he, he chases you. He can go through doors. Um, he'll go for several screens. So... Uh, it ends up having this kind of tension. Uh, you're playing a resident, regular Resident Evil game where at any given moment, uh, this like threat you will have to deal with one way or another, like a mm -hmm. thing you cannot ignore, right. uh, will show up and will change your play for a reasonable period of time. Yes. As you are um, trying to do Resident Evil last shit, sometimes you will hear just a door open and then the music's uh, kind of like the horror strings start up and you're stars and then he's coming yeah. after you. Uh, yeah. Because he is a weapon designed specifically to hunt you down. Yes, to hunt down, hunt down the stars. Yeah. And it cannot be uh, overstated how upsetting this is, especially if you're coming at this game from the previous two where doors serve as these impermeable barriers, right? Like there's that one yeah. safe room scene in RE2, but like, you know, you run through a door and you're safe, you're good. Uh, to have that happen 
to have that kind of like safety or the rules of this space violated, like I, that, that is a feeling that I <laughs> did you just do chef fingers. No, no, no. That was actually me sucking uh, out of my like straw bottle thing, but it sounds like chef fingers. <laughs> yeah. so I'll take it. <laughs> it was, it was timed very well. Uh, that, yeah. that, that is one of the most amazing things from your first blush. You know, some of that magic goes away a little bit, but it is still at the, uh, the core of this experience. It's, it's been so long since I played it that I forgot every time he was going to show up more or less other than the first one. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and the, and like the, the, you know, the, the fights in the clock tower, which are like, you know, that's what it's mostly about. Yeah. Um, but I had, I'd forgotten so much of it that, uh, it just always, like, I forgot that he showed up at the police station at all. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it was, you know, it was awesome. Yep. Um, and you know, taking this a little bit further. So he's not just this like amnesia resident evil seven, like indestructible force that's chasing you. No. Um, you can fight him, which indulges in that video game thing that i love is that like you can sit there and wonder like hey i wonder if they'll let me do that mm-hmm. and then the answer being yes is always the the correct answer you know that always makes for a better game you know as opposed to uh him being bulletproof like a cutscene gta right npc right. you know um so you can fight him uh it is always challenging it's always tense uh, mm-hmm. but when you do it you get real meaningful advantages yes uh to to your play like uh one of the things, so on this playthrough, I was like, I'm going to fight Nemesis every time. <laughs> I've never done that. Like, I've always kind of picked and I've fought him before, but I always picked and chose. Like, you know, this is the third time I've played this game, I think. Yep. Um, so I was like, what happens if I fight him every single time? And <laughs> You become the, a fucking god. You, 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 you become a god, but you have, it's this weird uh, tension and release where for a while after you fight him, you're real low on race, resources mm-hmm. until you can kind of resupply. So it actually makes like the non nemesis parts desperate and hard too. Yeah. at least for short times mm-hmm. um, because he's such a ammo sponge and just being like, what do I need to do in this first part of this game to be good enough to fight him the first time he appears? Yeah. When you're you know, only packing the pistol. Yeah. Pistol and the shotgun, you know, and the shotgun is really hard to use because again, it's kind of an action game and like mm-hmm. you have to start worrying about how long it takes to fire, which you don't really need to worry about. Right. Uh, in previous Resident Evil games. So it's really, really neat. This idea of like you can run from them and it's cool to run from them. That totally works and makes a real a very specific kind of experience. But if you want to be like uh, in Gremlins 2 where Gizmo gets sick of being tortured for the whole movie and like makes that little bow and arrow out of a paperclip and like, <laughs> listen, I'm going to fuck up Stripe. Like you can, you can fuck up Stripe. Like yep. yeah, I'm going to fuck up Stripe. Like you can do it. <laughs> you know? One step over the line. Yeah, just, you know, listen, like, I have had it. Yeah. Of these motherfucking nemesis in this, <laughs> this mo- motherfucking city. This motherfucking uh, police station. Yeah. They gotta go. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just really, really satisfying when you take them down. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the, and, if, you, if you knock them down seven times, you get an item that gives you infinite ammo for your weapon of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I didn't do this time because I think, I don't know if there's, if there is like an, I can't remember exactly if there's an element of like one time he can not drop something. Right. Uh, he didn't. I, I I fought him every time you could, but maybe I t- I made a choice that resulted in one less fight mm-hmm. or something like that. So I got the like the penultimate item, but you get really meaningful upgrades for your shotgun and your pistol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they make a huge, huge difference. And also, those first aid boxes are killer apps. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's you know it's not just bragging rights. Like it's a big deal to to do this. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a choice, and that's another thing that this game does does and did that the series hasn't really repeated. Um, since then which is many times when the nemesis shows up and sometimes in other situations you're presented with this timed choice it's not quite a qte but you will get Mm -hmm. like a small summary like oh will you push him or will you uh throw the switch or something like that yeah jump off the bridge yourself yeah yeah Yeah. um 
And these choices can kind of either set you up to be, uh, you know, advantage for the fight. You can avoid a fight entirely um, if you pick the right one. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you want to, you know, sometimes that's a bad thing if you're going for if you're going for those items. Um, and kind of weirdly, it will set up these minor branching paths within the game. This is still a very linear Resident Evil game, but yeah. uh, there are slight differences, uh, specifically in the final the final dungeon, the Dead Factory. Uh, it will it will determine uh, which side of the building you get into at first, and also how the uh, um, showdown with the human enemies goes at the end. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my notes account for my personal playthrough. We'll talk about you know if there are any differences between the choices that are notable as we go. Yeah, and and I don't know every the side branch, you know, I just played through this the one time this, uh, this choice system does feel like it's attempt to rectify, you know, that Rashomoning of resident evil Two. Yeah. You know, like you can do the same thing and kind of add that replay value. Um, I don't feel like it, the differences are quite strong enough. No, no, it's mostly resource, um, differences. Yeah. 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 Um, which are cool, but there's, you know, they're not, uh, they're not intense. Yeah. So was it enough to make you want to just like sit down and play it again, even though it is very breezy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, something else that makes this game uh, easier and kind of more interesting is uh, there is this uh, there is an ammo crafting system mm-hmm. um, where you find gunpowder and you have this like ammo crafting tool you, you stick in your box and uh, you can kind of combine it to make different kinds of ammo. Right. Right. Um, it has this weird, weird kind of experience system. Um, this is a very experimental Resident Evil, actually. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> it's very system-based. Like, yeah. when we're looking at it, it's like a lot of new systems to this. Like, yeah. um, So if you keep making the same kind of ammo, eventually you will make more of it and better versions of it. Yeah, it'll get more economical. Yeah. Um, you know, as you uh, as you just kind of practice. But you have to kind of choose, you know, do I want to uh, – hey, I could really use pistol bullets right now. Do I mm-hmm. want to use this ammo for the quick hit? Of those, or do I want to, uh, you know, save up and like end up ending the game with like thirty magnum rounds, <laughs> which is more or less like I went in the last fight with like thirty extra magnum rounds and oh, yeah. had used the magnum up until that point because, <laughs> you know, yeah. I was swimming in bullets because I was fighting Nemesis every time. But I also uh, that dodge means that it is much more viable to like dodge out of the way of zombies. Yep. Uh, in this game, so it's like it. It's all again. You know, it just it, it works really, really well together. Yeah. Um, you're also given a choice. Uh, if you reach certain levels, you can make enhanced ammo that does more damage or has a higher critical um, yeah. chance. But you'll make fewer yeah. of them. You'll make it as though you were one level lower. So yeah. just a tremendous amount of player involvement in the way your resources shake out. Weirdly enough, uh, this, you know, wasn't really revisited until 7. Right. So, like, you know, this is, there are shades of, of this in 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so RE3's tone is kind of different from the two games that preceded it because it doesn't take place in these kind of monolithic environments. You don't have the Spencer Mansion. You do not have the RCPD or most of it. Um, you're not confined to one particular area. You're actually in Raccoon City, uh, moving down its cramped streets and alleyways. Uh, it's like that because it was modeled after a Japanese city, not an American one. So some of those mm. things that are alleys are actually supposed to be streets. Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, they're real weird yeah uh but you're kind of moving from building to building and there are these you know set pieces that you hit for a large portion of the game until you get to the clock tower and it kind of becomes uh you know more of a more of a linear thing effectively you're still just running around hallways but one of the um 
ways that they improved the engine was to put more enemies on screen. I think they can have nine of them on there right now. And so, you know, this has more of a, um, more of a fast zombie kind of, kind of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. You can still kind of squeeze by generally. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually think they, 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 that comes through stronger in code Veronica, Hmm. uh, where I think there are more, it feels like there, it's like I go into a room and there's like five zombies right there way more often. Yeah. Um, that's just a design aspect. Not maybe not the tech part, but Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel like it's designed for, uh, huge clusters other than when they give you an explosive thing to blow them up. (laughs) Um, you know, which happens a lot. Like there are a couple of those, but for the most part, I think that it's, it's not sparse, but you know, pretty medium. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't feel more dense to me than than RE2, um, as far as number of zombies in a given zone. Um, they still the you know, they're they're easy with that throttle, I guess. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, also as far as like it being designed like a uh, you know a, a Japanese city, like you know no one knows where Raccoon City is, even though there is a sign um, in this game with a two one two area code, which <laughs> is New York. Yep. Uh, so this is in the the Raccoon City, Manhattan. <laughs> um, is, is the branch just, of Raccoon City. Yeah, just so you know. Yeah, um, it's a two-one-two thing. Yeah. I, uh, weird, weird. Uh, specific shout out to the Brady Games Resident Evil strategy guide. Oh yeah. Uh, for this that I had uh, when I was younger and was written by somebody with a sense of humor. Like it was meant to be, you know, like one of those old Zach Meston guides. Like it was meant to be funny. Yeah. And uh, had all these like little sidebars. Of just kind of exploring things, and that was one of them, where they're like mm. looking at just the signage and graffiti, yeah, and had pulled all this like signage and graffiti out to see see what happened. There's a, a pinball machine that looks like it says Mo Muffins, which I don't <laughs> think it does, but <laughs> I would play the shit out of Mo Muffins. I would I would really like, I would like to play Mo Muffins, because um, because I want more problems. Um, the, yeah, so the Mo, Mo Muffins, um, that thing with the area code. There's like a product highlight on the. Uh, because this is the uh, the game that gives us uh, a window into the non-zombie products of Umbrella. Aquanet. Yeah, I, Aquacure. Aquacure. Yeah, Aquanet's a real like, thing. It's like a, yeah. like a hairspray. Um, yeah, hair gel. Yeah. Aspirin um, or whatever. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, they, they did these little products. But I love that guide. I need to find another copy of it. Because mm-hmm. like, I read through that like tons of times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, was was good for trivia. Yeah. Um, Segway, uh, you maybe won't need that guide so much. For the puzzles in this game, mm-hmm. which are to kind of a backseat um, in that kind of action puzzle spectrum and are they feel a little bit different. Um, they're a little less like Trevor Mansion puzzles, a little bit more kind of mechanical and logical. You're not gathering a uh, shitload of pieces for something. It's less no. abstract. It's like, OK, we need to fix this trolley. So here's a you need a cord and you need to mix the right kind of uh, the right kind of oil. Yeah, they're more kind of single panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of puzzles like that, which the, the series has always done, you know, like balance the amount of steam or whatever in this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series has always done that, but there's a lot less like go collect esoteric object shit, you know, which I appreciate. Like, I like these kind of single panel puzzles, even though I think this game has the worst Resident Evil puzzle in it, oh. uh, which we'll get to. Huh? Uh, oh, oh I, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I there, there, there's one puzzle in here that people don't, don't like that I enjoy, but I do not enjoy the one that you're talking about. So what are, what are they? And we're going to talk about, them. there's no need for spoilers. Like I, yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm too curious. Are you, are you talking about the clock thing with the gems? No, the, 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 the gem clock is bullshit. Um, okay, good. No, I'm like, man, you don't like that. Fucking no, gem clock. no, like, I don't. It's all just guesswork. Like <laughs> I'm talking about the, um, the, the waveform one. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. I'm like that, that didn't, that didn't bother me. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, the, the gem clock thing 
kills me. I hate that fucking puzzle. Like, <laughs> um, um, kind of along with this, uh, a lo- since these are logic-based um, and kind of self-contained, what they've done to thwart the reliance on guides is to randomize them to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, for the most part is effective. You know, I don't look up solution. I want to solve the puzzle yeah. um, for that. But it's not like you can't brute force your way through it. So if us talking about that gem clock puzzle or we talk about the puzzles and it doesn't sound appealing – don't let it stop you from playing the game because like all these puzzles have like four solutions. Mm -hmm. So even if you just don't play these games for that and you want to cheat, you can cheat. Yes. uh, Pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Something before we get into uh, the history of this game a little bit that I forgot to make a note of, but is a huge deal in this is that this game does adaptive difficulty. I talked about this last year when we did Resident Evil four, but it will look at your health and your ammo and all the health items that you're carrying and give you more or fewer items depending on what you need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which is, which I'm always in favor of. Like, yeah, I don't think it's quite as impressive as, as re fours. No, no. re fours is definitely uh, because it had to, had to do with enemy drops as opposed to just yeah. like these static places where they're going to be generous or not. Yeah. But here it's still neat though. Mm-hmm. It's still a really, really cool idea. And I, uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, Very drinks water. (laughs) Um, So there was a, this is not the original concept for this. Um, The original concept, uh, I had it set on a cruise liner with you playing as hunk. (laughs) They love that fucking idea. They love the cruise liner. Yeah. It comes back um, quite a lot. Um, You spent a lot of time in, in, yeah. Spent a lot of time in ships uh, on this thing. Um, And you're returning the G virus sample. Yeah. So, so pretty much like the story canonical version of the weird little extra game that you do in RE2 anyway. Yeah, yeah. Where you're hunk and you have to go from the you know the end of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was scrapped because it would have taken way too much time, um, and the PS2 was right around the corner. Um, mm. So that was you know the the what what might have been who knows. Stop trying to make hunk a character. Yeah, and <laughs> this you you named him something too stupid to be so. <laughs> <laughs> his name is too stupid for me to care about him yeah you, you can't you can't do anything that will ever have any amount of pathos with hunk yeah although one of the it, epilogue cards is is all about hunk and i yeah, think you hunk. get to see his face yeah you get to, he's, he's a guy yeah so <laughs> um so instead of um using that concept they promoted the side game that they were developing because on the heels of the success of re1 and 2 they got real enthusiastic and basically became the resident evil studio um if this is to be believed they were working on three different games at once in this franchise they took a side project that was about this um private detective uh escaping from raccoon city and made that character into jill valentine and promoted it into a main a main entry uh, instead of being headed by shinji mikami they brought in uh somebody who was new to directing these games uh hideki kamiya uh who would go on to basically be a mainstay uh in clover uh, Clover and Platinum, mm-hmm. and weirdly enough, is the voice of Godot in Phoenix Wright Three. Hmm. Yeah, and the Japanese version. Ah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is uh, you know originally this was developed alongside the game that would become Devil May Cry. Um, as you know, Cole mentioned, it used to be a detective, but also uh, it happened. You know, Devil May Cry is something we'll have to get a lot, get around to at some point. Yeah, um, I have some affection for that game, and it has Resident Evil DNA. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. Um, as we mentioned, al- alongside Code Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been ported all over. There are lots of different versions mm-hmm. of it. There's a PC, GameCube version. Um, 
you know, it's all around. Play it on your Vita. Yeah, yeah, it plays really, really well on Vita. Um, I'm sh- do they on PS4? Do they have like the the old Resident Evil kind of legacy games? I think they do. Mm, I don't. I don't believe so. I think that those are still so? PS1 classics, and those have oh, not gotcha. been updated to run. Dang. Weirdly and um, dumbly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can you can play it on on PC if you want to as well. So you can play it kind of wherever you want. Yeah. Um, plays great on Vita, just like all the uh, Resident Evil games because they're at a good pace for that controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even though the series would only partially revisit some of the mechanical improvements uh, that uh, happened here, the idea of the Nemesis has extended beyond Resident Evil and become this touchpoint for pursuit-based play and survival horror games. You had that like in the Clock Tower games with Scissor Man coming after you, things like that. But like Nemesis is what people will cite when there is this persistent enemy uh, who will hound you to the end of the earth and back. Yeah, there's not always like the the first, you know, the best, the first one. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the best or the strongest example. Yeah. Um, and Nemesis is that, and we're gonna talk a lot of sugar about him. He's one of my favorite Resident Evil characters. Like <laughs> if you had my, you know, my Liam extraordinary Resident Evil characters, that's like <laughs> Jack, Leon, and Nemesis on a boat, like just talking about their days. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm I would be way way into that. Nemesis so, is not a scintillating conversationalist. <laughs> No, no, but like, you know, he's, he's, uh, you're out there, you're out in the wilderness, you're sleeping out in the open. You know, he's I just, I just picture him, like, you know, standing at the bow of the ship, looking up wistfully, and when he thinks nobody's, nobody's watching him, he just, like, weeps a single tear and, you know, up yeah. at the night sky and says, stars. He, he likes to wait until, uh, nobody is, uh, nobody's listening. He goes, moon. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, like, looks around all shifty to see if anybody caught him. M O O N. That spells moon. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, teach you, like, come on. Like, Leon teaching Nemesis to read. Uh huh. Like, how good would that be? Okay. Like, all right. I will invest in, I will invest in your side like, game. Like, like an indie, like, make that like an indie jam. Of like you know Leon teaching Nemesis to read and how you can make that you can gamify that Leon teaches Fox yeah <laughs> Nemesis Muncher um, <laughs> like I'm, I'm way into this man I'm telling you um, we had typing in the dead we can <laughs> we can bring Resident Evil into that shit. So this game. Uh, it opens uh, with this little, you know, an initial kind of like cutscene thing with uh, Jill kind of describing the basics of the Raccoon City incident mm-hmm. um, in kind of like dramatic fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um, really kind of elevated dramatic fashion. Uh, you know, this is my final, you know, uh, final something. This is my last escape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but she happened to be in Raccoon City when the outbreak happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we, um, we see the carnage in the street as, uh, you know, civilians are being run down by zombies. The Raccoon City Police Department arrives. Um, and then, uh, importantly, we have these umbrella troops who are out there as well. You know, they're wearing the insignia and they're just completely overwhelmed as, you know, Jill takes uh, Jill takes shelter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these um, these Raccoon City um, forces are not just going to be important in this game, but like most of the side stuff uh, in the series that takes place in the Raccoon City uh, incident uh, is going to focus on people who are from this because they decided to just make a bunch of action games in this setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, most of which I, I have not played. Right, right. So, you know, someday, you know, I'll, I'll get around to those, but I don't have very good <laughs> reputations. No. Um. So then the game, like when you actually start the game, which is just amazing. Like you say that last escape thing, 
see these little things. And then just a building blows up and Jill just like Kool-Aid man, like dive rolls out of it. Uh-huh. And then you're immediately start. Like well, she, it is she a lands really strong a, opening. She lands immediately on her feet. She plants like a gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> and she's dressed like this outfit, which we talked about the Laura Croft school. You know, we, we talked about all the advancements in the engine to show more zombies on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, what about all the advancements on the ends to show more horny on the screen? Yeah, more more you know, creamy flesh. Yeah, there, there's just so much. Like, you know, if you are the kind of person who is attracted to video game characters in 19, you know, you know when this came out, like, <laughs> this is this is for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, 1999. Like, this is for you. Like, you get this. <laughs> She's wearing, like, a weird, like, tube skirt is what I think those things are called. Like, oh, this, maybe. this weird one-piece, like... Isn't she like, or is that maybe an alternate costume thing? She's very, it's very revealing. Yeah, it's a, she's definitely wearing a wearing a tube top is uh, is is the thing and a, and a skirt, which would make sense if she was if she was dressed for a night on the town. But um, there's there's a little bit of modesty. Her midriff is covered by a sweater because you know you got oh, yeah. you got to dress in layers. It's a very short skirt though. Yeah, like I'm looking at pictures of it. And it's just and boy, the fan art has come out <laughs> in droves. Yep, the ship. Yeah, um, I as soon as I could because I was playing this on a new game plus, uh, use my boutique key to go and ch- uh, change her into her stars outfit. Although yeah. that does not change her appearance in cutscenes. Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. it is a uh, you know she's not dressed for the for what she's doing really. No, but no. It, it's it's notable that this ex- you know kind of explodes into action like this. Yeah, like Resident Evil games don't do this. Like they are really about the slow build up, but. This is kind of, you know, a thesis on what kind of game it's yeah. going to be right off the bat. RE2 starts with a truck explosion that separates the heroes. Yeah, but not like literally just like there's zombies <laughs> they're, they're not, right there. Like, they're not flung out of, a, out of a building. Yeah, they're not flung yeah. out, of a, out of a window. And like usually there's a little bit of a like walk up. Mm-hmm. Here, like, I mean, there's a zombie like right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's several of them coming out right behind you and there's one right well, in front of you. Well, they're on fire and they're like uh, walking out of the blown up building. Too. Yeah. 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 And they're but, gonna, but like almost with arm's reach, like it is uh, you are in imminent danger, I guess. Yeah, you, have, you, you have to move immediately um, yeah. and they're going to stay hot on your heels um, as you as you work your way down these alleys uh, until you get to this garage with a hysterical dude. Um, hysterical for good reason. He lost his daughter uh, and he yeah. is convinced that there will not be a rescue. He, and he's going to lock himself up in a container like mm-hmm. a, in the back of a semi truck. Right, right. Uh, for a while. And uh, you can find out his sad fate mm-hmm. later on. But for now, he won't let you out. Uh, or won't let you let you in and you're saying like hey we got to move they're going to overwhelm this stuff um you head through this kind of first like warehouse area it has a save room introduces a gunpowder and your gunpowder mixing device mm-hmm. yeah just like an ammo press something like that. yeah yeah stick you know stick that in your in your your thing put away your knife do all the standard uh resident evil things uh this game has two difficulties i think it is just uh easy and hard mm-hmm. um is how it's presented um play on hard hard is actually normal um, easy. One of the big differences is you start with this machine gun yeah, right yeah. in the beginning that like doesn't obviate too much difficulty, but the biggest difference, uh, between the two difficulties is you don't get anything for killing nemesis on easy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to engage in this like pretty neat side of the game, yeah, yeah. um, you're, you're going to want to play on hard. Don't be scared off by the word hard. It's really actually normal. Yeah. But, uh, I, I wish they just like, if I, if I could, if I had a time machine, well, there's a lot of things I would do, but like go back to the eighties and just tell an influential developer, you know, like when they are putting together the first difficulty select screen, just say, Hey dummy, put a star next to the one you designed it for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I would, ex- I would say that, or like, what is the point of being so cagey about what the actual differences are? Oh yeah. Like that always ends up being something I have to look up. Like mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm playing a game and I'm like, you know, what, what is this? Like, I, you, you'd find, like, what actually changes this? And it's never 
in text. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always fans figuring that shit out. It's like, what's the point? You know, I don't feel like that's a meaningful surprise. Yeah. uh, To know what mechanics are impacted, like, Mm -hmm. you know, by that kind of thing. So just be really upfront about that. Like just a little, little sub paragraph. That's like when you're on easy, it says starts with this, 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 this. Yeah, and Car, don't and is. don't base it around experience either. Like for fans who are who are accustomed to playing shooters, okay, I, I, what what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that. Like whenever I see that, like you know, for people familiar with the first person yeah. shooter genre, like who fucking isn't familiar with the first person <laughs> shooter genre at this point? Like that does not give me enough information. No, no, I ran into that problem. I was streaming uh, the Evil Within, uh, mm. another Shinji Mikami joint, um, and boy oh boy, is the regular difficulty just leagues harder than you would expect that game to Mm -hmm. be um the casual one is more akin to like re4 so that's my no no um here we go while we're complaining about difficulty too this little sidebar um always let somebody change difficulty midway through Mm -hmm. i fucking hate that choice that you're just kind of stuck in it because like you're just asking the player to make a choice but it's like okay this is this is too hard or so hard that it's not fun for me Mm mm-hmm Rather than just letting me continue, you're you're daring me, like you're 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 playing chicken with me to either restart or just stop playing your fucking game, you know, at the at the cost of all my progress. Yeah, like I, you know, or like you know, the option they're intending is like, oh, you just push through. Uh, there's definitely I get to points where it's like I don't want to do that. No, no, because like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to push through this. I would just have so much more fun if you would just let me change this mid thing. Like when I play, uh, um, like a lot of times, like uh, like overhead isometric CRPGs. You can adjust the difficulty and I will do it for like certain fights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, I play through this. You know, I usually do a difficulty uh, like above hard, above normal because like I, I like the combat in those games. But I'll get to something where it's like, man, this is just fucking sucks. I'm going to bump this down to normal. Yeah. Just for one, like literally one fight. And then I just have it impacts my quality, my experience so much better than just like, you know, I committed to a thing and you have to stick to it, you know, as as a, you know, I don't know. Whatever the philosophy is yeah, behind, yeah. Uh, you know, making somebody stick with that choice, uh, yeah. I am not on board for it. And if you're going to be a hard ass about it, um, you know, the Evil Within actually handles this pretty well. You can change your difficulty, but if you move it down, it's that way for the rest of the game, mm. which yeah. seems reasonable for a short game like that. Yeah, I mean, I still don't see why not like being able to move it up would hurt. Yeah. You know, if it's just like, oh, this one encounter I'm having a problem with right, wrong or whatever. Mm hmm. You know, and, and and another thing, stop doing the uh, stop doing the thing where you make fun of people for changing the difficulty. Yep, I'm team looking Ninja, at like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking you. at you, Team Ninja. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Metal Gear Solid Five. Like get that fucking chicken hat off my head. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm not I'm not a kid. Uh, what about another thing? Especially when they gender that. Okay, now we're oh, being yeah. Parodies. Well, that's yeah, and that, that but I mean that is it is a problem. Know, like, like there's been no a lot good. of things written about girlfriend mode, and none of it is like all of it is right. You know, it's not like it's a good thing. So, you know. In uh, in conclusion, uh, <laughs> be more flexible with your difficulty and transparent with it. Yeah. And uh, I'm not here to be made fun of by a game. Right. Uh, because, you know, it's like I said, in like the first episode of this fucking show, like if you're threatening me with like, you know, I, I can always walk. Yep. You know, I, I was saying it specifically about boredom, but it's true about any of these things. Like I can always walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're not going to win that game of chicken. You know, I mean, I guess you do because you already have my money. Right, but, right. Like, you'll win the game of chicken half, but you're gonna, you know. Yeah, you're not, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna win on the field of honor. <laughs> right. uh, you know, you may have my money, but you'll never have my freedom. <laughs> freedom. Okay. So, with 
with that out of the way, the starting area really isn't even a tutorial. It's just giving you a safe room and kind of a base for a large portion of this. Yeah. Um, this game is uh, slightly more stingy with save rooms uh, than I think the previous one was. I'd agree Not with quite that. as stingy as Code Veronica, but like, you know, which doesn't give you one for a very long time in the beginning. <laughs> um, here you get this one, but this is going to kind of be your base of operation while you explore uh, Uptown. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> heading to uh, your first kind of big location and uh, kind of cutscene where you go to a bar and you meet your old friend Brad, Cowardly Brad from Star's Bravo team. Yeah, yeah. And and in between, we're not going to hit every little bit of this, but like in between there, you go through alleys and streets that have zombies. Yeah, and you hear gunshots and things like that. Yeah, they're like little little uh, kind of set piece moments. Like, you you know, you walk by a guy who's been eaten. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the ground. Like, again, we you know, we don't describe every hallway in Resident Evil. We're not going to describe every scene in the city, but just know that it, they do a lot of work to make this feel alive and under siege. Yeah, like a like yeah. an active catastrophe. Yes. Like, you know, things are on fire. Things are spilled or the fire hydrant that's like spraying water. Like they do a lot mm-hmm. here. So you go into the bar and Brad, who has had like the misfortune to die like six times in the series, <laughs> uh, is is fighting a zombie. Um, you can uh, help him kill the zombie. Really, uh, the speed running trick and kind of hilariously, if you just leave, uh, he'll just start firing really fast and take care of it and then be real salty to you. <laughs> Good. Um, and he says, uh, hey, listen, he's coming for us. We're both going to die. Um, I was like, well, shit. Oh, you know, who's I, mean, I read the title of the game, but <laughs> you know, it's still it's still that sounds intense. Yeah. Um, you, you also could give more information other than he. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, OK, well, that's why Brad is the worst. Like, he, Chicken Heart's the worst member of stars. Yeah. Like, yeah. You uh, fucked everything up, Brad. How did you not get fired? <laughs> you don't deserve to wear that uniform. Yeah. I think I accidentally wrote here that he's on Bravo team. He's the alpha team chopper pilot who leaves them. Like, he's the yeah. one who who fucks up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even if he's on Bravo team, like. You know, he's still in stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there is something coming after after stars members, and we're not going to see that until we get to until we get back home, back to work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, initially, so we did have this little bit of foreshadowing. It should be noted that this uh, the downtown, the map is kind of like a loop. Yeah. So um, one of the things you're going to want to do uh, during this is get the uh, go into this basement. There's like a little uh, survival bunker that zombies are milling about um, enough zombies that it's difficult to dodge past them, even though I was saving ammo for Nemesis. So I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really tricky. Um, and the uh, that has a lighter that you need. I don't know. You get the lighter from the bar. Um, yeah, you get, you get you know, the, the fluid down yeah, here. Yeah, I don't hear. But also, that's where the shotgun is. Yeah. So giving you the shotgun this early and not making you do a puzzle for it again is signaling kind of the action. Uh, yeah, side of this. You're yeah. not going to get tons of ammo mm-hmm. for a while, but you do get the shotgun. Yeah. Um, and it is nonlinear, like I said. So you can actually go get this right away. Yes. Um, it forms a big loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, you can go get this. And this is uh, putting the lighter fluid there is a really great little piece of game design to make sure you don't miss something as important as the shotgun. Yeah. I like mean, putting a, a, a advancement mandatory item next to a really really good bonus yes um something that's really necessary if you're going to be clearing these large hallways full of zombies you know because you know just like in re1 and 2 if you aim upward when a zombie is approaching you or when a group of zombies is approaching you you can just cut their heads off like daisies yeah yep and that's that's what you're gonna want to do yes so yeah, uh, there's one alleyway uh, that leads to the RCPD whose door is bound up with oily rope. That's what the lighter is for. Um, and uh, when the when a barricade comes down, you can take out a whole bunch of zombies by shooting a gas can. Um, yes. I, I, I was not certain because it's been forever since I played RE2. I can't remember if destructible um, 
uh, you know, explosive items in the world were introduced here or if they were introduced then, but they are a boon here. I think that they, they exist in two, but not quite as many. Yeah. Um, in three, as a rule of thumb, if there as a rule of fun, yeah. <laughs> um, if there is uh, if there's ever more, you know, if, that's an unreasonable amount of zombies. Mm-hmm. There's probably you're not supposed to fight them or there's something you can do to blow them all up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know? And pro tip, if you're playing on the PS2 or a PlayStation controller, uh, you can press the R2 button and you will automatically target um, any yes. uh, any item that you can shoot. Yeah. Um, there is some kind of issues with that where you can, uh, you know, because of this being a single screen, there's a little bit of that straining mm-hmm. or single camera kind of thing, a fixed camera angle. There's some kind of straining where, like, you can go into a room, uh, hit the aim, you know, nearest target button and blow up an exploding barrel before the optimal time. Right, right. You know, for it, like, because you can't see it. It's off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of uh, blowing things that, you know, aiming auto aim thing extends to everything within your character's field of view, not the player's field of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and that led to me wasting some explosive barrels. Yeah, yeah. Not the biggest thing in the world, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see some strain with that uh, with that fixed camera. Yeah, if you if you waste an explosive barrel, you, you're also wasting 10 to, 10 to 15 bullets for what you could have taken out with that thing. Yeah, or kind of a pain in the dick to dodge, yeah. you know, like, or like just a, a, a tank and some damage. Yeah, yeah. You know, get through there. So it, it cost a resource when that happens, and it mm-hmm. is. Uh, it didn't always feel like it was my fault. No, no. I mean, this is, I mean, there are plenty of fixed camera angles in Code Veronica, but this is the last of them that happens with um, the delay between shots as they load up the next pre-rendered environment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're just dealing with all the limitations of that, even though this is a more action-oriented game, you have that hindrance. Well, and the Code Veronica has m- more camera angles. Like, the camera mm-hmm. is a lot more dynamic. It's still fixed. You don't control it. Mm-hmm. But it moves around a lot more than this one does. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you uh, you take that thing. As we mentioned, the barricades come down. Um, you go through this alley that is on fire. Uh, we'll be coming back later. <laughs> and uh, the zombie dogs yep. uh, jump out. Um, and there's a fire hose hook up here that we can't do anything with. Right, right. Um, so, and you don't come back here for a long time, actually. No. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, but really, you see uh, the Raccoon City Police Department and uh, head on your way there. And we get this little cutscene. We've got a. Where uh, Nemesis uh, comes through and just brutally executes Brad. Yeah, he tentacles Brad all the way through and through. Yeah, full tentacle. Yeah. Um, Nemesis' appearance is great. I love that he's wearing, like, his leathers, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah someone dressed him up. Yeah. <laughs> they dressed him in uh, tactical like. gear. Uh, I also like the uh, the weird kind of burned appearance on his head. His kind of milky white, almost glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and uh, weird, like, his, his bare stitch arm. Thing. He stitched over one of his eyes. Yeah, uh, which is really kind of cool. Like, uh, you know, whatever happened to him? Like, you know, he's an umbrella thing, so he used to be a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure, and uh, you know that comes through. Yeah, well, you should watch Resident Evil Apocalypse, which shows this. The uh, is that uh, that's the second a, one. It's the one with Jill in it. Um, it's where they I'm have sure Nemesis. Yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Those movies fall off my brain like instantly. Oh, other yeah. than the, they're they're so bad. Yeah, like the the apocalypse. I watched that one. I watched Apocalypse. Extinction. Um, I watched that. Yeah, Extinction. I watched that fucking one. Um, the CG one that takes place at an airport. 
<laughs> I like spent a lot of time watching bad Resident Evil movies, and all of them <laughs> fall off my brain like pretty instantly. Right, right. At least those CG um, ones star characters that you know. Yeah, like characters I know, like just as like boy, like I like Resident Evil cutscenes, but I guess. <laughs> You know, not forever, <laughs> not not for a feature length. Whoa, no. you know, e. yeah. Um, <laughs> but Nemesis is a very good design. Um, yeah, you know, and he's he's all all of those clothes are covering covering up these tentacles that he's using that he's using to attack that he will get over here you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those become uh, he actually changes his kind of verb set changes as the game goes on. Yeah, as uh, he loses more of his costume uh, and like. <laughs> so this is your first choice. Yeah, uh, do you run or do you fight? Um, even if you are going to, you know, if you're not going to fight, it is worth saying you'll fight running over to Brad's body and picking up, uh, his card, yep. uh, from his body, uh, and then going in and that will stop nemesis, yep. uh, kind of regardless. Um, or you can fight him, uh, at this point, which is the most challenging nemesis fight. Yep. Um, there's one other one later that gives it a run for its money, but, um, <laughs> this is where you kind of learn, um, what you can learn, like what fighting him is like. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really about, uh, so he does this kind of combination of these dashes, uh, these kind of dash attacks. And then once he's within range, you know, various kind of swings, but he favors, uh, his right arm, yeah. uh, significantly um, his right or his left. I can't remember. Like it, I'm, you know, I'm just perspective, like which way I'm looking at him, but yeah. he favors one of his arms. You'll see which one it is. So it's a lot about managing which side you're on. And then, uh, you know, how many times, how many shots can I get off before I need to be prepared to dodge? Right. And then getting the dodge timing down. Yep. Um, um, he uh, one of his primary attacks when he's not just laying you out, uh, he will pick you up. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, that is, there's a hard limit on how many times you can take that in a fight. Yes. Uh, that is, that will become a TKO. Uh, he can do that three times. If that happens a third time in a fight, you're done. Yeah. He will. Uh, uh, he will tend to avoid that. Yeah. Um, the uh, one of the things that this uh, you know fighting him really taught me is that. When there are games with dodges like this, I really prefer them to have iframes mm-hmm. um, because this one doesn't. So depending on the scenery, you know, this this game has these kind of nods towards being an action game. The environments are not always made for that, though. No, no. Uh, and you can hit that dodge button and you start to dodge in a direction uh, that there's an obstacle. You just kind of stop moving and he hits you anyway, even though you execute the dodge perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get to choose which direction you dodge. You just press the button and Jill will do a series of things seemingly at random. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like. If it had a dodge, you know, if it had iframes, like it would, your the fist would just go through you. And I think I prefer that very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hyperlight Drifter didn't have that at first. Uh, that's something they patched in because mm. people complained. It used right. to just be, you know, you would just take damage. It was just literally a dodge. But I think mm. that um, kind of industry standard at this point, throw some iframes in there. For sure. Um, yeah, like there, there's a lot of evidence on that is one of them that like their systemic ideas just outgrew their engine and they had no time or resources to actually build that in to make it to make it fit correctly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but i i recommend if you've never tried it and you're replaying this like try to fight nemesis here mm-hmm. it's really hard uh, but you will learn his timings like you will you will get good at fighting him through this because you have to yeah um, um the boss run is kind of a pain in the dick so i i play this on emulator and created a save state before the fight mm-hmm. um because i don't want to do i too old for boss runs um, but the, uh, you know, it is definitely manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have some assets working for you here too. Like it is a relatively big environment. Like you're fighting him in the courtyard in front of the RCPD. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So when you get into the lobby, um, it's our good old friend, the RCPD lobby, uh, it has mm-hmm. the same music and everything. 
although a lot of the doors are boarded over. This is, you know, you don't have access to the entire station. Um, it's a, you know, a couple of rooms and a few hallways, uh, yeah. just as you're getting in and getting what you need. Um, weirdly enough, like a lot of the coverage of this game around the time it came out accused RE3 of just being like uh, a, a cash in to, <laughs> to reuse the assets and stuff like that. Like, oh, they obviously made it on the cheap. You spend so much time in uh, the RCPD, you know, where you were in RE2. Like, no, you're there for like 15 minutes. Yeah, you really don't. Like, yeah. that. that is definitely a, a, a false accusation. I think that's a big part, not just the coverage at the time. I think that's a big part of its reputation even now. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, it's that one, you know, the other one where you go back to that fucking police department. And like <laughs> in the world of Resident Evil environments, um, the police department is relatively interesting. Yep. You know, we I, I I'm pretty dumb with ships <laughs> um, and the <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you're you're right. Like you're you're barely there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you go through Marvin's party room. Uh, Marvin mm -hmm. is fatally wounded. He is unconscious. He'll wake up later and help out Claire and Leon. We all remember Marvin. Yep. Uh, he is the he welcomed Leon or Claire uh, when he was first there. Um, he it was his. Well, it's, I don't think that wasn't his party. It was Leon's party because it was Leon's first day. Oh, I thought it was Marvin's last day. <laughs> I, remember, I, I was pretty sure that was for Leon. Okay. Um, but yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's both. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's a it's a one in one out <laughs> kind of system. Had a very the RPD. Had a very stingy office manager. Like, okay, we're just going to yeah. combine all the all the coming and going parties. Exactly. Like that that episode of The Office where Jim does that bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or or like the RPD just has an employee like HR like a flies digestive system mm -hmm. where it's just like literally one track. Like you know <laughs> we have room for one more cop. You're on the you're on the force, Leon. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I always thought this was Leon's first day. Mm -hmm. Um. But the uh, yeah, so Marvin is there and he's he's knocked out, but like we're gonna deal with him. Right. So he's you know for all the uh, you know the fact like wasn't isn't Marvin dead? How does he show up alive in two? Et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. No, he's just uh, he's he's just unconscious because he's got wounded. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's carrying a report who talks about a man who took shelter in the RCPD, but he was killed for showing symptoms. Um. Mm. And he had a gem from the city clock, so that is one of the things that we need from the evidence room. Yes. Yeah. yeah um yeah so you're kind of uh you know make your way through here um kind of head through into the locker room um we get that gem as we mentioned um there's a stars card that is on the briefing uh inside the briefing room yeah bill star um, bill stars card did a very good job as pennywise he did yeah yeah <laughs> what is the there's something else that rhymes with stars guard that uh uh oh um in you can get a stars card in binding of isaac hmm. so i always think about uh stars stars card, Peter stars card <laughs> uh as you get that yeah um as you get that, you know, you're just kind of making your way through. Uh, you go in the locker room. You get that star's key. Um, you head to the star's office, which uh, I always like seeing this location because it's like, hey, there's Wesker's desk. Here's, yeah. you know, Chris's desk. Um, Chris, yeah. you know, you make a snarky comment about Chris's mess. Yep. And also, uh, I, I forget if she has anything to say about Chris's electric guitar that's hanging up on the wall. I don't think he does, but he, he is a very party. party <laughs> he's, he's, par he's party cop. Yeah, he's, he's, he's party cop. You know, like the kind you can, you can, uh, you can rent from www.dongdancers.net. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, if you need the swinging helicopter special, um, you get Chris Redfield up in here, especially uh, Keith Redfield. With, with, with all of the bad things that, hel that happen to helicopters in this series, that would be a terrible thing. <laughs> you just like swing. You know, like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you're swinging your helicopter because you're a magic mic. <laughs> 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 Oh man, we do good work sometimes. I think. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, you especially want uh, Chris to do this during RE RE six, Chris, like mm-hmm. where it's like literally like Beef Boy and Little Lad, and you can you can get both of them. You know, the satellite Chris that hangs out with him. Yep, his little option. <laughs> yeah. well, like still incredibly buff, but slightly less like strong. Yeah. I think we mentioned this, but we were originally like talked about doing RE six for this month. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because that's also a hated Resident Evil game that we both like. But yeah. I don't want to split that in two episodes because way too long. But right, right. Um, I, I would I would love to do that because I, I fucking love those two guys. Like yeah. just, just the beefiest weird wall of meat. And uh-huh. then his like smaller wall of meat next to him that's all the time. Who they introduce just to like make Chris look bigger or something. It's like his, <laughs> he's provided for context. He's salacious crumb. <laughs> he's a quarter next to a fucking eBay auction. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking Pierce, man. I love it. I, I love it so much. Like Chris is, has had a real good arc. <laughs> Chris is, Chris is um, but he's he party cop. Uh, when you get into this uh, this locker here, you've got um, not a not a well yes and your notes or, or uh, well actually your notes. Um, use this. Uh, you can use lock pick to get into the locker. Um, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the grenade launcher or the magnum here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the grenade launcher is way better as a choice. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it because the magnum is the most powerful weapon in the game. Ammo is so scarce mm-hmm. uh, for that, and the dynamic difficulty does not adjust it very much. Yeah, and it is so resource intensive to make that with gunpowder. So uh, I got the the Magnum here, uh, which is kind of a bummer. Um, what you want is the grenade launcher, and that's what speedrunners want. And this ends up being kind of a pain to speedrun because you this is a big reset point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, like if you don't get the grenade launcher, mm-hmm. you know you quit. Yeah. Um, but you get one or the other inside this thing, and either or, like even getting the grenade launcher this year this early is just like. <laughs> you know, a real signal, like, hey, things are going to get fucking real. Like, Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous uh, because that is a late game item in every other RE game, by which I mean the, those other two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so when you try to leave, the comms array goes nuts, uh, but nothing happens. Uh, I can only assume that is Nemesis-related interference because, oh boy, Nemesis burst through a window by the save, save room, and this is our first, hey, Nemesis is in the world and we'll chase you. Uh, through yeah. the evidence room, through Marvin's party room. Um, I don't think he goes into the main hall. I would have made a note of that, I think. Yeah, and he he won't go into the save room. Right. Um, he has a rocket launcher now. Yeah. <laughs> um, which makes him really, really tricky to fight. And again, you know, you don't have those iframes. So, like, you don't only have to dodge. You have to not be by a wall the rocket launcher is going to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you have uh, that, you know, whatever mega weapon you picked up, like, this ends up being... A one of the more challenging nemesis encounters also do fight him. Yeah, um, you're also in this weird kind of L-shaped hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you're in, and you can always bow out. Uh, you can go up the stairs, mm-hmm. and I don't think he follows you upstairs. Uh, but he, uh, I think that might reset his health. Oh wow! So it's you can't just kind of ping him here. So this ends up actually being very tricky, uh, yeah. and you end up using that corner. So you you try to keep him in one of the the ends of the L's. And then uh, use that corner to dodge rockets. Yeah, the place to fight uh, him is in the is in Marvin's party room um, because mm-hmm. it has that massive uh, table in the center or those or those counters and stuff. Um, well, that like that rocket or is that? Uh, he, it just it just fucks with this pattern a lot. Oh, gotcha. So if you if you go corner to corner, it'll uh, it'll end up being okay. Yeah, yeah. But this is a good good place to to fight him if you're going not going to do that first one as well. Mm-hmm. Good place to give it a shot. But yeah, you know, here's his second appearance. He's not down. You know, if you were brave enough to fight him at the start, you think, okay, I've dealt with that. Nope, he will be there almost until the credits roll. Yeah, and this is 20 minutes after the last time. Like, it is a relentless pursuit. <laughs> this game. He never really, like, lets you forget about him. No, no. Yeah. 
But yeah. we have what we need. We have that gem. Um, and we have our good item in our lockpick, which lets us go back into downtown um, for uh, these new hallways. Uh, namely, this uh, this new alley with a strange creature that makes his appearance before he actually fights you. Uh, the drain demos crawls up a wall. Yeah. Um, these things are kind of between, you know, kind of a mid-level enemy. Um, yeah. They're not quite hunter level, but they're pretty serious. Again, this general escalation and quicker pace. Mm-hmm. Of this game and introduced like you know this is introduced way faster than like say the liquor yeah. is introduced and this is like a, an analog yeah well these are also uh, poison uh, boys um which yeah. is something that they like in the first game they didn't introduce that until the guardhouse and in the second one like it was really just a factor in the uh the um the lab yeah and, yeah. and it's not as big a deal here as it will become in code veronica yeah where like the emphasis on poison is a huge mistake mm-hmm. in that game but it it doesn't end up being like a weird series hallmark yeah uh that doesn't actually did not affect my game very much here right right um, not that i was like you know two mlg to get hit but just like i always had herbs or always you know they were gave me enough blue herbs where it didn't make that big of a difference So uh, you can find uh, as you're kind of um, working through here, you can find a dead mercenary uh, as you know, who is has this uh, in his journal. Um, he has it describes him as being scheduled for execution. Yeah. Um, he was saved by the UBCS, recruited an umbrella for special forces. And now in Raccoon City, he wishes he had been executed. Right. So umbrella is uh, recruiting people from death row. It is very similar to like the wall in Game of Thrones or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to, to be extremely stupid and shitty. <laughs> Just, just to suck. I'll make that comparison because it's. <laughs> no, it's, it, it makes it makes the sense. first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. But yeah, that's what they're you know they're doing. They're like going and recruiting uh, or suicide squatting them to yeah. take, to take a property oh, Jesus. greater <laughs> cultural cachet. Hey Gary, you want me to edit that out? Because <laughs> you you Leave made it, it worse. Was I, I was referring to the John Ostrander run of the comic? Okay, cool. That's what yeah. everybody thinks of when they hear Suicide Squad <laughs> in 2017, and not just horny clown and his little wife. You know, so yeah. horny clown waifu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> so this whole area is just full of dogs as we're heading into downtown. Um, you know, through this garage, uh, dogs always give me fits in this. Like, I know that you I don't, can I like fight them that much. No, they like, they, they, they fly at you like missiles. Yeah. You know? And you have to, you have to kind of time them, uh, to like keep them down. Yeah. Um, you know, cause they, they will kind of stand up and you won't automatically aim at them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that is, is also just like, I know they're evil dogs and I don't, it's not like I, I don't get sad about killing zombie dogs, mm-hmm. but like if you can just deal with one of them, the most efficient way to deal with them is shoot them, then stand over them and point down uh-huh. and just empty half clip into this dog. And it's a very weird image well, to see like part Jill, you know, they, they make, they, so they're evil dogs, but they make regular doggo sounds. Um, yeah. and that is yeah. no good. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not my favorite. They, they've always been uh, not my favorite resident yeah. evil enemy, but yeah. they're, they're around uh, mm-hmm. here as you kind of, we go through this uh, this garage. We get this power cord. Yeah. Um, and go to this utility walk where we actually had to fight some drain demos. Yes. Here. Um, um, these, I love the fucking way these things animate. Oh, yeah. They're just like writhing bits of tentacles and stuff like that. When, they, the... when they get up on their hind legs. Uh-huh. Like they get up like they're little like they crawl around, but they get up on their hind legs and do this like 
I don't even it's know how like, to describe it. It's like an it. intimidation dance as they run at you or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like wave their arms back and forth like they're trying to appear big to stop a, a bear. Yeah. You know, uh, it, like, you know, which is you in the, this comparison. Like, <laughs> it is, uh, but it looks really, really unnerving. Yeah. Um, yeah. These things are great. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Um, so <laughs> as you're in downtown, you approach this restaurant, and you see a mercenary shooting a zombie uh, who then runs away. Uh, there are a couple of things you can do here, like you can go to uh, a place of a, the the site of a future um, puzzle, like this fountain kind of thing. Let's go into the go into the um, restaurant where we're going to meet Carlos eventually. There's a city guide that basically talks about umbrellas, philanthropy, um, building Raccoon City. Like, oh, they built the new municipal building. They built the hospital. They built the clock tower. All of that. Yeah, yeah. The, so this whole city owes everything to Raccoon City. Yeah, or uh, to Umbrella rather. Right. So that is, uh, you know, makes sense that there's all these dumb puzzles and everything was unprepared <laughs> and like, the police were possibly underfunded and didn't know anything about what was going to happen and all of these things. Yeah, yeah. Just building on that, the, the, that um, our good old friend Trevor had his hands in lots of uh, lots of pies. Lots of complicated pies. Yeah. Lots of puzzle pies. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, this little restaurant, like I love um, one of the things I love about Resident Evil 3 and it happens in other video games, too, but I love exploring bland spaces. Yep. In games, you know, and just this, just like, of course, you know, in Resident Evil 2, there's an implied city, but you don't spend any time in it, really. Yeah. Um, you know, just being in something this, like, of course, there are restaurants in Raccoon City. It's a mm-hmm. city. Yeah. You know, and making this an action, you know, a location for, for action, I think, is very cool. Yeah. Um, same thing with the newspaper building we're going to go to in a minute. But, like, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, there's just regular-ass buildings here. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in the, you know, back in the kitchen, you find this hook to open the way into the basement where the cooler is. Um, and Carlos introduces himself. He is with Umbrella. Uh, with yeah, he's his... not in the basement. He's he's upstairs. Yeah, he's upstairs. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose. Yeah, you, you have the hook, and then he reveals himself. Um, he's with Umbrella, and like <laughs> Jill has no mercy. Like, hey, you know, you're working for the people who are responsible for this, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, and Carlos is a real slime as well. Yeah, Carlos uh, this is might definitely be a goes lech. maximum flirt, but yeah, he is a uh, he is a uh, foreshadowing. Um, what's his head from RE4? Right. Oh, Luis, yeah. Yeah, Luis, ladies love my accent kind of kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Carlos is about as interesting as wallpaper paste, I think. Um, yeah. He, he just yeah there's, said, no, there's not a lot to him. No. Um, um, just a, an accent that's there sometimes, but not there other times. Yeah, the mercenaries is a thing, like, in this game or as, like, a narrative function are pretty strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I get them as a, like, hey, they work for the enemy, but we all have to work together to survive. Yeah kind of element of the plot um but none of them are particularly great characters no i think nikolai is the one who edges closest to that yeah he's, i still don't think nikolai is that great of a character i just think he's just like he's the antagonist yeah you know but he doesn't have a whole lot of like development or anything other than just kind of being evil mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> so after you confront him uh guess who's here we have nemesis um you have an option to either uh stay in the kitchen which is uh uh, a, a delightfully understated way to phrase what happens, or you can run <laughs> into the basement to you know to hide from him. If you stay in the kitchen, which I did, you get a free item because <laughs> Jill throws a gas lamp at him. Yeah, <laughs> which knocks him down, and you can go get your eagle parts, uh, which is what yeah. I did. I I was real coward this time. I was playing for expediency. I've done the I've done the kill nemesis and get the infinite ammo in the past. Yeah. I, yeah, it's um getting the at very least doing a couple tiers on it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go all in. Like doing a couple tiers is worth it. Getting the first aid box is uh, is what I work toward on like yeah. expedient playthroughs. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so you, you can you, know, you can either do that or you you can you can hide. Um, and if you hide, you go down into that uh, underground section, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, freezer section, because you don't end up going back there really. No, um, it's not. Uh, it's it's what you use for this, but that that's really all it is. So if you yeah. don't, uh, if you fight him, it ends up feeling kind of weird. Yeah, uh, that whole section. Um, but after you blow him up, he eventually gets up. He chases you uh, down to the downtown area. Um, and you kind of, you know, you outrun him, um, or get away from him or fight him uh, until he goes down <laughs> and you eventually find, uh, you're outside this raccoon city newspaper building. Right. Um, where you're going to find the, the green gem. Uh, this definitely has a big, uh, zombie clutch out front with an explodey thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on the, yeah. and I think it's on the wall. I think it's like a, uh, there are some things are on the wall, like exploding. Yeah. It's like they animals. were rigged for you, which yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any less sense than the huge barrels of gasoline and oil that are strewn about but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i just assume that it's 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 raccoon or not raccoon uh, umbrella yeah 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 yep um so the newspaper building there are a couple of zombies here but it just ends up being another set piece for a chase you get up to the top um after solving a little ladder pushing puzzle get your gem you read a memo by a trapped journalist who you know is working to spread the truth even though everybody's trapped uh this is where you learn that the entire city is blockaded in yeah. So there's yeah. no, uh, th- there is no <laughs> real hope to escape on foot. Um, Nemesis ambushes you in this cramped hallway and chases you out of the building. Yeah. But you have both yeah. of the gems that will get you into the city hall area. Right, which is which is where you you want to head. Um, you put the gems in like it, it's like a, a clock face, like a sundial. Yeah, it's not a puzzle. It's just thing, right? a thing with two yeah. slots. Yeah. Um, so you head there. Um, it's uh, this little garden pathway. Yeah, uh, there that has like kind of right and left, like a T intersection uh, thing that leads to a gas station and a trolley. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the uh, the trolley, which is ultimately how we're going to get out of this area, um, you uh, you can kind of you can check it out. Um, you're going to come back here a few times because when you get there, you see that uh, it needs three things. You need a power cord, a new fuse and some clean, well mixed oil. Right. Uh, for this. Yep. And uh, we get another one of our like beleaguered public servants of Raccoon City. <laughs> I love this memo. I think this might have been written by Steve's father. <laughs> because this also has the line, you know, about how, like, hey, if you t- take care of the machine, it won't betray you. Machines won't betray you. It's incredibly yeah. earnest. Unlike my shitty son. Who <laughs> <laughs> will shoot me in the face. Yeah, my shitty um, son with his bad haircut. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um. In the uh, in the train are the other two members of the mercenary crew, yeah, uh, Nikolai and Mikhail. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like like uh, Umbrella's diverse hiring initiatives <laughs> that they have. Like this is weirdly a pretty diverse game. Yeah, um, well, I think there's like there's like two white people in it. It also, I mean, like it, there's a negative side to that too. This is the prisoner squad of soldiers who are meant for death. That that's true. Yeah, so that that is the uh, the downside. But you, if you if you somehow miss that memo, <laughs> you might think that uh, Umbrella is doing some good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Nikolai and uh, Mikhail are either Russian or you know Eastern Bloc uh, type figures. Mikhail is wounded, um, and he's a he's a good guy. Nikolai is pretty much ready to just abandon everybody. Yeah he he's gonna he's gonna be the villain of this, the human villain, and uh, he signals that right away. Right, right. Um, and he knows stars. Like he really. Well, I guess he works for Umbrella, so he would have a reason for it. But he knows that you are from Stars. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in the back side of the car, um, you talk to uh, you know uh, Carlos and Nicholas are talking, and Carlos is saying like, "Hey, we have to work together." Uh, Nikolai says, uh, "You know, no, I don't trust her." Um, 
they're going to head towards the clock tower, which is the landing zone for the rescue chopper. Um, and you got to take the trolley to get there. Um, so you, of course, want that. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos gives you a harness that expands your inventory. Um, and you also find a wrench while you're here. And your kind of job is to go get the three things. Yes. You know, uh, go and, uh, and, and find those things. So there's three different places we're going to head to. Um, first up is the gas station. Yes. Here you find a rusted hex crank uh, that breaks off on the shutter door opener. Again, I love uh, to, to repeat your point earlier about fighting in um, mundane locations. Uh, yeah. This gas station is pretty great. Uh, the wrench from the train will help you open it up. Inside, Carlos uh, has joined you, but he's brought a bunch of zombies with you. Um, and fucks up. <laughs> he really fucks up uh, because he goes out to be a hero as the entire place is ready to blow when you, you know, take the first aid spray. Uh, you have to solve this weird lights out puzzle to get the oil additive that you need. Um, mm-hmm. And outside, Carlos is wounded, uh, but, um, you know, you have just barely enough time to get out. And for people who don't know what lights out is, it's one of those things where you, like, click a light and the two adjacent lights turn off. Right, right. This um, is, I mean, it's just two, like, one-dimensional lights out. There yeah. are four of them, and you have to you have to match specific patterns. Uh, and yeah. the, the, the time, you know, the time constraint is uh, worth mentioning, but that is not an especially difficult kind of puzzle. No. No. Um, you head outside. It looks like Carlos has died. He has not, as we mentioned. Um, you do the uh, cool action person, you know, escape from this fireball. <laughs> um, and you are hilariously, uh, you know, understating everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's Carlos. Ouch. Are your, My ears yeah. are ringing. We should both be deaf by now. <laughs> I, you know, looks at watch, you know. Like just... <laughs> Yeah, it is that good, you know, the good, that good Resident Evil uh, many, bad acting. How many more lines do we have? I have a, I have a raisin brain. Yeah, I have a thing. commercial. Yeah, <laughs> I have a thing. Crusty, yeah. crusty poses for trading card photo. <laughs> um, so uh, you, you know, as you head back uh, on your way through there, that city hall yard, that garden path, um, zombies break out of this area, which is convenient because that opens up this room with like a statue and a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to take this book after dealing with the zombies. And it lets you get this compass from this fountain trap. Uh, we didn't really talk about that. that was, we could have gone there when we went to the restaurant. Yeah, as I was at the restaurant. Like, if you take the compass, then you're just going to be trapped in there. Uh, you have to put yeah. the book in to, um, to disable the water jets, which, Jill, you can crawl under that. <laughs> Isn't it? Are the water jets electrified? I, the water jets are electrified, I think. I, I, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is because it, it it's unreasonably stupid. And I think that's what it is. It's like this weird <laughs> combination of factors like electric water. Yeah. Uh, but doing this allows you to get the battery, which de-electrifies it, um, this area. And then you can uh, – or you get that from the city hall yard, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go to that electricity substation that's crawling with drain demos. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> head your way down there. Yes. Um, and in here, you have to solve this puzzle to set the right voltage, uh, just a regular, you know, four switches, uh, you're trying to hit a number, uh, they have a fixed value, but there are multipliers, um, whether mm-hmm. you go up and down, you just have to hit those. Uh, this is cool because different voltages will open different doors. Yes. Um, and it's up, you want to, uh, get, there's one of the, uh, the doors, the high voltage door, mm-hmm. uh, will get you the, the, whatever weapon you didn't have before. Right. So I got so the magnum here and you got the. Grenade yeah, grenade launcher. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's an action choice. You can decide whether or not to run or fry the zombies uh, by overloading the uh, the transformer as they as they buck up against a fence. That's super weird that the power station is hooked to the fence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's direct. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's uh, but 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 it's there. <laughs> and I think I think the um the what they're going for here is that because once you overload it, you can no longer get in any of the doors. So uh, I I definitely what... got in a door after that. 
Okay. What? I mean, yeah. I wonder what why you would anyone would not fry the zombies. Panic at this point. Yeah. If you're if you're playing it the first time, you don't have perfect information. You think, uh, you know, I'm gonna run. Yeah, they both seem like equally panic choice to me. Hmm. Like you know, they're all touching the fence. Like turning on the electric fence also seems, you know, equally equally risky to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, than than just running. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't really, I don't really understand this. If it's not, I thought it overloaded the door, but if it doesn't overload the door, yeah, not sure. Don't know. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I got at, the, at some point I got you can the fuck up the, the doors. Oh, yeah, like I know that you can, you can do this, so you can no longer open any doors. I don't know when it happens exactly. Yeah, but the, you, I definitely got a message that said this machine no longer works. Yeah, um, I thought that was when I overloaded the fence, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, um, um, yeah. You have what you but, need uh, uh, now that you have the wrench to go um, and get the other things, the oil and the fuse, and you have to go back to uptown to do it. Yeah, yeah. So we're so we're back um, in the zone we've already been because we can use that wrench to get the fire hose to put out the fire uh, <laughs> to get into that little hallway. Yeah, there, to, the to, alley, yeah, <laughs> the alley with the flaming dogs. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, this is like an office building. This is where we get the aqua cure. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the medical thing. So there's uh that's actually a password. Um it's like they're showing their different products mm-hmm. here. Um and it is uh the product it's like there's a memo that's like everyone remember the name of our current product. Uh, <laughs> and then you watch a commercial and it's one of three, it's randomized. Uh-huh. Um but the password it'd be like if your password was just like, you know, like Coke Zero. Oh geez. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to beep that. Um, or update <laughs> yeah. my settings. Fuck. Yeah, Coke Zero is a pretty funny password, actually. Like, <laughs> I love Pepsi, um, but it's, it's it's pretty dumb. You get to watch this little commercial of like, you know, a Japanese woman standing next to an, a logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Nikolai's up here, um, and he just killed a conscious person. Like you saw him plug the bullet into the person who was forming words. You know, and his yeah. his rationale and his logic is like, hey. He was about to turn. He was as good as dead. He would have. He would have been dangerous to us anyway. Um, and that's there. There's always that decision in a piece of zombie fiction. So, you know, at this point, you know, maybe he's making a little bit of sense. But it kind of sucks. There's no reason to believe that the person was going to turn. Yeah. yeah. And and this is actually. Um, and I only know this from that guide. This is a, a part of this story that has surprising articulation. Because uh, as you mentioned, we we could do all those three things before uh, in any order. Mm-hmm. So depending on what order you did those in, you get different things here. Like this person he's killing here uh, can have like a line of dialogue first mm-hmm. um, that you get to hear. Um, I think you can show up here after this has already happened mm. uh, where the person is just dead uh, and you actually see him do something. Uh, Nikolai do a similar thing in another area. Hmm. Um, depending on what order you do and how also when you revisit the trolley, uh, because you can revisit the trolley and have there's like Mikhail's last stand, which you get to see him throwing a, a grenade at a bunch of zombies. Yeah, yeah. As well that are coming up. So there's a bunch of different like weird ways to do it. If you look at that, um, that present evil fact mm-hmm. uh, that we talk about all the time, there's a part where he's like, hey, how do I get this scene uh-huh. and uh, doing things in a certain order? It's kind of similar to um, how you get different uh, endings in RE1. Yep. Um, have to do with like, you know, do this, but don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of that in this little part of the game. Yeah. Actually. And most of it has to do with where Nikolai is and what he's doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you happen to catch him doing. Yeah. I think um, uh, like different people can show up at the uh, at the gas station as well. It doesn't have to be Carlos. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Yeah. So it, it's kind of there's a little bit like, are, is that significant replay or significant difference? No, hmm. uh, but it changes. Yeah. It changes the uh, the playground story. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and makes it very difficult to talk about this game in the way that we talk about this game. And we, again, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about one playthrough, but they're, right. you know, if you're like, Hey, it wasn't him idiots. It's like, well, mm-hmm. they're, they're actually minor variations. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the back of this, you have a medicine storage hallway. This is where you get the oil additive. Um, and of course you have zombies that burst in. Uh, you have, you can shoot some pipes to take them all out. Kind of like, uh, taking out the, uh, alligator in, oh no, it's not the alligator. It's a different thing. Oh, mm. well, <laughs> yeah. But as you're going to use use with a nemesis fight later, uh-huh. uh, these pipes, which is like kind of foreshadowing for that, where you mm-hmm. can kind of hit this thing on the wall and it will spray damage, yeah, for a time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks like Nikolai's dead. Like the, the yeah. there there there's very little way that he would have survived that, especially since this building is rigged to blow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we will find out about that. Yeah. Um, the uh, so you you. Kind of head back to the garage where you started the game here if yeah. you want to. Yeah, it's optional. Uh-huh. Like it's a huge resource boon, uh, but it's a little it's a little bit of a schlep. Yeah, yeah. And if you had been avoiding, you know, enemies respawn, and if you had been avoiding them, you know, they're still around. So it's kind of a pain. But you can head back there to check in on our buddy whose daughter died. Um, he's gone. He left this very very uh, kind of elaborate suicide note. Mm-hmm. But he also just happened to be hoarding tons and tons of weapons that he was never planning on using <laughs> gunpowder right. and shit. So uh, it, you get tons of shit. So clear out your inventory and head back. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a safe room right there, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can go back to downtown, and on your way, uh-oh, the floor collapses in the garden path. Um, uh, and uh, no, it's not in the garden path. It's in the mechanics office um, or, or garage. Uh, and you have an option to climb up or jump down. I climb up, and I forget what happens if you fall down in the garage. Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I looked that up to you. You just you have to kind of make your way through an underground area and you come up in another spot. OK. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's actually not tons, but it's, yeah. it seems like it's a very dramatic moment because you're hanging on this ledge and a, a thing is sliding towards you like a, a, tr- a cart. Yeah, yeah. Or something is sliding towards you and you just like get out of the way. Um, so it has the, the cadence of a QTE, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, and dropping down does not make a big difference. No, so. no. But this is foreshadowing that something is undermining the city. Yes. Yeah. There's little uh, quakes. Yeah. Something that we are going to be fighting here right now in the thing that I mistakenly jumped the gun on. When you're the garden path headed back to the trolley, the floor drops and we end up fighting um, in a sewer tunnel, the gravedigger. Yes. The monster yeah. truck just coming at you doing yeah, sick uh-oh. jumps. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, the <laughs> uh, yeah, um, this is you end up fighting this thing again as well. Mm hmm right um so this is like he's like two of the four bosses in this game yeah he he shows up a lot um this one there's not so much to no um the next one has has a lot more kind of environmental interest and stuff but this one is uh more of a like you shoot him yeah you know like he has two places where he can come out they're both in these small little alcoves uh you just have to um goad him to emerge and then back up very quickly and then take shots at him um, while staying yes. far away enough. They cannot reach out and grab you. He's also, um, you can avoid this as well. Um, you can go through and hit the two little buttons that are, are next to, you know, he's in those little alcoves. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. Power the elevator and you can leave this fight. Okay. Um, if you don't want to kill him. And he's unlike Nemesis, you don't really get anything no. uh, for fighting him. So And you still have to fight him again. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes back later. Um, I'm 95% sure. Yeah. So I didn't fight him this time because mm-hmm. uh, I saw the glowing thing and thought it was, you know, I couldn't remember exactly what it did, but I thought it was a way to 
to fight him. Yeah. Whereas I was the opposite. I was like, I had an inkling, like, is that the thing? Is that like, is that a way around this? And then I tried for it a couple times, got hit, and I was like, no, I'm just going to kill it. So it looks a little, it's, it's kind of hinky. Like, it looks yeah. a little bit like the kind of thing where uh, you're automatically getting hit. Mm hmm. But but it's it's just it's it's a timing yeah, thing, yeah. and you wouldn't really know because it's not that really that kind of game. So yeah. this fight, yeah. if you decide to engage with it, is a bummer because it really is one of the those ones that is limited by the camera. The angle that they choose obscures the hole where it comes out, uh, yeah. so you can't really tell. Um, you know, unless your back is as far back against the hallway wall as possible, uh, if you are in a danger zone or not. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you either fight him or or fuck him. You either fight him or you get out, um, either or. Uh, but we have uh, the things we need mm-hmm. now, so we need to uh, to continue continue through. Um, on your way here in the, uh, and I don't know if this is because if you avoid the worm, but I had a nemesis fight on this garden path on the way to the the trolley. Oh, uh, that's one of the places he can follow you. Okay, yeah, that uh, happened well, to me he, as well. He popped out there. He didn't follow me here because mm-hmm. I, I fought him every time he popped out. Mm. So if he if he it wasn't, I never ran from Nemesis yeah, uh, yeah. on this place. So um, he definitely popped out here. And this is the other really, really hard place to fight Nemesis because it's super cramped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to fight him at the junction of this Y intersection just because it happens to be the most space. It's not a hallway. Um, so you don't do those little dodges in the walls. But this is actually really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. He popped out here for me as well. Yeah. He also in that uh, the first the hallway where you uh, turned off the the faucet turned off the the hydrant yes as well he shows up there so he's he's uh increasing in frequency quite a bit yeah um here he is everywhere you want to be yes yep yep yeah um (laughs) so if you get back to the trolley um you replace the oil and the fuse and carlos joins you um and you have to break the news like hey nikolai is not going to come with us we're just gonna have to uh, you know do with mikhail yeah when he's like nobody mikhail um yeah so you start off the cable car but it kind of jostles nemesis is boarded um in the back uh you can either fight him there or uh, if you're a coward you can have mikhail sacrifice himself to blow up that car yeah yeah um and depending on you know how many times you fought nemesis this could be the third time in conservatively 15 minutes Uh uh-huh he's shown up so it's pretty tempting to have like for me or it was tempting to have mikhail sacrifice himself Mm mm-hmm at this point, because it's like it does become, you know, the two different curves you're dealing with, the the power that you get from fighting Nemesis and the ammo suck of fighting Nemesis uh, are not always in perfect sync. Right. So I remember just like this is like really, really feeling it like, man, I am sick of fighting Nemesis. I'm low on shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, it's also a difficult place to fight Nemesis as well uh, in that oh, car. Yeah. Like you don't have that T-junction. <laughs> uh for room you just have the open uh the, the slightly open ends at uh, either side of the car um mikhail's not going to get out of this alive at least let his death have meaning yeah <laughs> yeah and fuck that guy um I mean, he's, he's umbrella he's umbrella scum yeah um so you get uh regardless of what happens um either the you you fight him or but he he like terminators on the back of it or something mm-hmm. there's something like something wrong with the car he damages it yeah. Um, so you, we can either uh, the you know the train the trolley is going to smash into this clock tower. Um, you can either hit the brake uh, and hope for that, or you can jump out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, this determines where you're going to start. Yes. Uh, in this next area, you either kind of bust into the uh, the thing and have to backtrack, or you end up outside of it and can make kind of a more logical uh, uh, kind of route through it. Yeah, it's either the front door or the back door. Yeah. 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 
Um, I hit the e-brake so I could go into the front door. Uh, if you uh, jump out, uh, the back path is a little, uh, it's a little nuts because so many zombies are like right on your heels. Yeah. Um, and also it, it messes up one of your, uh, one of your safe rooms a little bit. Um, at least an area near one of your safe rooms. But yeah, you make it in. <laughs> so the clock tower, our first kind of traditionally Resident Evil uh, level in the game, the revisit to the RCPD excluded. This is a big, creepy building. Yeah. You know, I wake up outside of there and like I'm surrounded by birds. So we got our friends. Um, and yeah. Go the, inside. The, oh, good. The, the birds are back. Yep. Maybe like as far as Resident Evil enemies go. <laughs> um, so you... Uh, there's a safe room you can find too that is in this chapel. Um, it has this incomplete clock tower key. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to need to complete, kind of setting the, the tone for this. Um, and uh, you know the building starts shaking at this point, and the zombies that you left behind break into this music room. Yeah. Uh, this room with a uh, just a big empty room with a piano in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a ballroom um, kind of thing or something. Yeah. It ends up the piano ends up making a real big difference for traversing this without fighting them. Uh huh. You can like get uh, them trapped up on it. Yeah, like they, they will they will kind of uh, congregate around the piano like a bunch of the fabulous Baker boys. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as you, you run by, they will they will grab you. So this ends up actually being, making kind of a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you go to the dining room, you find Carlos and he's despondent. Like he has gone a whole 180. He does not trust that there actually is an, an, evacuation, an evacuation plan, which is reasonable. Mm. <laughs> and he has his whole i'm going to assert power over my life and death if we're gonna die we should get to choose when um yeah and jill smacks his, him. his characterization yeah uh the, the, this is his crisis moment uh beep beep here it comes and jill smacks him for giving up like just yeah lays him out yeah um yeah uh so as you're heading through here you can find another um dead uh ubcs member um, and he has a, a weapon called uh, the mind uh, mind thrower. Yeah, I almost called it the mind flare. Um, <laughs> the, the mind thrower. Be a very different uh, game. We, a very different game, um, which is an interesting weapon uh, that is kind of you know. So it shoots these little timed mines that stick to things, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you're almost always in cramped quarters, though, so you have to be very careful about collateral damage. Yeah, and ammo for it ends up being very rare. It does uh, largely because you can't craft it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, this is very useful for Nemesis, I found, because he is often running directly at you. Uh, you can kind of plunk one or two of those into him at a time. And then, you know, as he is moving, uh, you can run away and then it will blow up and like lay him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never yeah, it, I never found it to be you... very useful for like trapping things. No, no, it's not good for traps. And it's whether you want to something that you're gonna have so little ammo for, like mm-hmm. whether you want to carry it around. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you have that uh, that fanny pack like. Uh, you know, space is still a concern. Yeah. Um, it, it also has like a weird reload mechanic. You have to completely exhaust a clip before you can put a new one in. So yeah. you can't do any top offs. Yeah. yeah. It's useful if you know there's going to be a boss fight, which if you're playing it you know, your second or third time, you just know like, well, I might as well use this instead of my more useful ammo. Yeah. You know, because it is explosives and that's good. Um, in the atrium, there's a, a broken music box, uh, which is a clue for a later puzzle. The second floor is full of big old spiders, just in case you were arachnophobic and you thought that you were going to escape that. Yeah. 
I've, I've never had a problem with spiders in these games until like the weird hell spiders from Code Veronica. <laughs> um, I think these are, like, like I always feel like spiders are pretty easy to avoid. Right. They almost never fight these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in real life, I wouldn't want to get their hairs on me and give me the creepy mm, crawlies. No, but yeah. in the in the game, yeah, doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> Um, you get to the top of the clock tower, and uh, it has this music box puzzle um, that you have to do to do the key. Um, this is super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you are just choosing if you can, you know, I can imagine this being very difficult if you have a very hard time with music. But yeah. um, you're supposed to match this music box. You don't really need to do that. You just need to make the melody that makes sense. It'll yeah. play a couple notes and then play something that's very obviously sour, and you just toggle it between two different points and play the the sweet melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, one, the, the things that resolve and sounds uh, consonant. Yeah. Um, so pretty easy. Uh, and it gets you the Kronos key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on your way back down, um, also after you've grabbed this incomplete silver gear, which you're going to need up there later, um, Nemesis appears on the balcony. Um, this is a very difficult place to fight him if you choose to, I found. Yeah. Um, you know, again, because you're on a fucking balcony outside of a building. Uh, there's an easy way to avoid this fight, which is uh, to, I believe... <laughs> pull the cord out of the spotlight um which electrocutes him yes you can also blind him with it which i think just gives you a temporary advantage yeah yeah um this is also in like looking it up this is a place where uh it actually doesn't make that much difference mm-hmm. whether you choose to fight him or not um you can fight him here but even if you do he's going to show up there's like a mandatory encounter downstairs yeah yeah so fighting and you don't get anything from fighting him here mm-hmm. so it is uh, it ends up being kind of a bad place to fight him kind yeah. of a sucker's bet you really just want to electrocute him and move on. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the bullshit that the Kronos key opens up because yeah. this gets us into, um, I think, the worst of the puzzles in the first three. It's hard to this think is, of another. Yeah, this is my least favorite Resident Evil puzzle, and it's my it exhibits a lot of things that are my least favorite uh, in puzzles in general. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where it just it is. Uh, so the idea here is you have uh, three different clocks uh, and then different gems you can put into them. That adv- every clock has a symbol of like like a baby, a person, and death or something. Yeah, lining up and, to past, present, and future. And depending on which gem you put in it, it advances the clock or, you know, it advances, it, the, go... it advances the middle clock. You're trying to put the middle clock into a time yes. in between the past, present, and future. Yes. Um, and it's exclusively trial and error. Yeah. Um, it goes to this thing that, you know, I, I said it a bunch of times, like, it's not a puzzle if you don't give me information, you know, if there's nothing to solve. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's no, there's no puzzle here. There's no question. There's no, um, hint. There's none of that. It's just a guessing game. Yeah, You just have to figure out which combinations result in which changes to the value, uh, different, yeah. um, different gems, uh, that you have, you know, between the three of them have different multipliers. Um, and yes. those multipliers vary between them. So, and one, it'll be one X and another will be two X and another will be three X. So yeah. like you just have to set up a table and then solve. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is not a puzzle. Uh, it is just, uh, you know, you have all you, it is you getting the information and then making uh, an equation, you know, yeah, like doing a chore to get the number that would go in an equation, but there's only one way it will work once you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just solve for X or whatever. So like, I do, I don't think this kind of thing qualifies as a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is not, I mean, the biggest issue, even if you're just doing this on paper, like it would not be my favorite thing. Um, I understand people who like logic tables. Um, I'm, one of this them. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think these are really bad. But even if you like them, uh, doing them through the Resident Evil interface is not the best way to do it. No, no. Like, there should have been just like a, a special interface to do this as yeah. opposed to messing around with like you see a painting. It has a picture of blah. Do you want to put yeah. in a gem? 
<laughs> yeah. And then when you take the gem, it goes into your inventory. You have to exit your inventory, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I don't I don't understand how I I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game you know, is widely derided. It's not like you know people like this puzzle. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like I was just like, man, everyone hates this. Why is this bad? Uh, <laughs> that that is why it's bad. Yeah. It's, it does uh, all of those things. It is a real messed up. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a Resident Evil puzzle I like less than this. Yeah. There might exist one, but I can't think of one right now. Nothing comes to mind. Um, yeah. And I've. <laughs> I've, I've pl- I just played two Resident Evil games with some kind of some kind of whack puzzles. So yeah, and I and I usually like Resident Evil puzzles quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, you know, more than when they're the single panel thing, less when they're the scavenger hunt. Like, right, which, right. You know, not really puzzles, but I am always down to adjust the steam levels of something. <laughs> you know, which is like ninety percent of Resident Evil puzzles. It feels like, but I'm, I'm always down for it. You know, yeah, like those are cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Anyway, this gets us the gold gear uh, that helps us, uh, you know, like this is what we need to ring the bell. There's a memo that says in order to summon the helicopter, you need to ring the clock tower bell. So like the way out is near. Yeah. Um, so you, you had uh, you head out to the helicopter. You get this little cutscene. <laughs> a nemesis pops up on a ridge and shoots it down with his rocket launcher. Stars. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike. Um, <laughs> and then uh, hits you with his tentacle. Here and we get our obligatory Resident Evil plays another character. Yes, moment. yeah. Um, so this is like a, a pretty hairy boss fight uh, down here yeah. in the yard. Um, especially, you know, it might, it might be normal if you've been fighting this whole, fighting him this whole time. But um, on this on this one, like this is a mandatory encounter with Nemesis. Yeah. Um, the virus status uh, doesn't drain your health, but it obscures your health. Yes. Um, and Nemesis's attacks. You know, they're varied, but a lot of them will, you know, uh, take you from, you know, just like regular fine down to like deep caution. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of difficult to monitor that because exclusively by how you walk. Right, right. Yeah. But like you could be fine and then just, you know, like moving fine because caution doesn't really affect that much. And then he will kill you uh, yeah. on the back of it. So having your actual health color obscured is a bummer. But yes, this is setting it up after he, you know, after you kill kill him, Jill collapses. You know, Carlos comes out, empties his clip, um, and um, it is time for Carlos to go and synthesize a cure, which kind of seems like it could benefit more than just this one stars member. If you're getting a cure to the, I mean, this, who knows what virus this is? It's not, you know, necessarily the zombie virus. No, it's not, a, right? not necessarily the T virus. The, uh, yeah. the, the nemesis is a creation of both the T virus and a special parasite that they found that also was used to make Lisa Trevor. Lisa Trevor was a yeah. test bed in order to establish that they could do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so having this, you know, maybe it would have other things, but it's not like, hey, just make this cure and put it in the water supply and like right, fix right. the whole problem. Yeah. Um, one real quick thing about health, too, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but like Resident Evil Health has a lot more granularity than it appears. Yeah. Um, you know, you have three walking states and you have uh, four health bar states, mm-hmm. um, but you actually it's way, way more granular than that. Yeah, it's like a value so you, between one and 100. Yeah, like you can be fine, but beyond the way, way low side of fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can get one shot from fine mm-hmm. with anything, but you can uh, get down to you know, one health. Yeah. You can be down you, to like low danger from it. You you can skip the entire, you know, state in the middle. Yeah. You can, uh, you, you can be on one shot by instant kill attacks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, those are uh, relatively rare. Most of the time in resident evil games, 
instant kill attacks only can happen. Like the the boss will only do them when you're in danger. At, yeah, yeah, danger or above. You know, but not when you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it, it's it's pretty complex. It's a big deal to obscure your health. I guess yeah. is the is the point. Yeah. Um. So you play as Carlos now. Um. It's two days later. Uh. So Carlos has been kind of like playing Game Boy. Um. <laughs> Like hanging out, he's been working up his Jill courage. Yeah. yeah, watching Jill sleep, maybe kissing her neck a little bit. Yeah, like importantly, it's after the events of Resident Evil Two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. So Carlos has been taking care of her there. Um. You know, she's infected. Like, oh, it looks like her roles have been reversed from when we originally met, huh? Indeed. Boy, um, has, the, has the stasis been interrupted by anti-stasis? It is. A, it's kind of a dumb thing too, because the only thing that like Carlos can do. That Jill can't is he's super strong, so he can push this bell out of the way. The <laughs> yeah. spare clock tower bell. <laughs> so, so she's a fucking yeah. cop. She survived a catastrophe. Yeah. And she can't she can't figure out how to move this bell, but the beef boy, the beef boy junior junior can do it. Yeah. So um this is what you go to this hospital. Yeah. Um the hospital introduces uh gamma hunters, which uh, you know, we've seen hunters before. Now there are gamma hunters, and now we're encountering hunters in this game. Yeah, um, I need to make sure that I'm correct to that because I made a note of them as gamma hunters. Um, yeah, the gamma hunters are the frog ones. The beta hunters are the poison ones we meet later. Gamma, yeah. yeah, gamma hunters have these uh, like big old frog maws, uh, and their instant death attack is to like swallow you whole. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other ones can poison you now, uh, which again, like poison isn't being that big of a deal in this game, um, mm-hmm. but it's still something to think about. Yes. Um, so there's a voice lock in the elevator that you open up with a, uh, with a doctor's tape recorder on the fourth floor. Hey, guess what? Nikolai's still alive and he's yeah. shooting another UCBS soldier. Yeah. He's still, still clear <laughs> enough loose ends, uh, as his, his primary verb. Right. Right. And importantly, he says, oh, I'm one of the supervisors. That's all you need to know. Uh, supervisors are this privileged kind of, uh, rank in in there and all the in supervisors capitalism. yeah well i'm for sure yeah but yeah. also in the in the ucbs um you know they're 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 basically to kill all the rank and file and collect their bonuses yes yeah um it's all pretty much what joker does to his soldiers in the beginning of batman 2 right um the so the soldier tries to take nikolai with him with a grenade uh but nikolai jumps out the window like preternaturally fast <laughs> like, yeah yeah i would not i would um, not blame you for thinking he has wesker powers man i hope he's not like a super stealth vampire or whatever Wesker is. <laughs> the um so uh there's this weird you know the hospital because it's owned by umbrella has a bunch of dumb puzzles in it there's this weird like mirror room puzzle where mm-hmm. you have to set up two rooms to be identical on this thing they're going to repeat uh literally mm-hmm. in code veronica here uh admit this exposes a safe um uh, with this code uh that a dead doctor had that allows mm-hmm. you to get the vaccine base yes um, which you take into the, into the lowest basement, uh, which is swarmed by zombies. Whichever floor you get out of after you leave that top floor, you will be swarmed by zombies. So don't think you can get out of it. Um, the basement lab is where they are making the gamma hunters. So this isn't a hospital at all. Yeah. Um, there's like up there in tanks. Like as you do this lever puzzle to get the vaccine medium, um, you're trying to even out these two meters just by a little, like, a little bit trial and error kind of stuff. You mix the vaccine and then boop, they come alive. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, that, that, that's the only thing that could possibly happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, you head back to the clock tower, and we should note that like you're way, on your way to the clock tower. There's some kind of hallways and locked doors and stuff. This is actually the way forward. Yeah, once yeah. you come back with Jill, it um, just 
it looks like there's more choice here than there really is. Yeah. Uh, Carlos himself, like we didn't talk about like actually playing as him. He has, um, he's like tougher. He takes less, less damage from enemies and he has a, um, an assault rifle, but automatic weapons in RE games are fucking worthless. Generally pretty bad. Like you're going to use it a lot here in a minute, mm -hmm. but other than that, uh, they're not very useful. It's some of this weird thing where like a bullet is a bullet is the way that I understand it. And mm -hmm. like, an assault rifle is good because it throws lots of bullets, not because it throws tons of bullets that have one tenth the strength of regular bullets. Right. It's not like you're uh, sandblasting them. That's what, that's what more or less what they act like. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Um, so uh, you head back into the clock tower. Nemesis bursts through the ceiling. <laughs> um, and this is a really cool point where this is kind of an optional boss fight. Um, if you can take down Nemesis as, uh, as Carlos, um, you'll have a lot less health. Mm-hmm in the next boss fight and uh, it's possible, but nemesis is not trying to kill you. No, um, he wants to kill you only to the degree that like he, you can get out of his way. Uh, so he can go for Jill who is a stars. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. So you pronounced cool. that weird. Uh, stars. Okay. Um, you want to stay in his way and distract him as much as possible. Like it's kind of a cool set of values for a boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have like three rooms to do this. It's like the foyer, the dining room, the music room. Um, <laughs> If you can take him down, that's good. Um, you go back and you give Jill the vaccine, uh, and she immediately gets better. There's no, there's no like warm up time on anything. Now, and you talk there's about, an implied several days of uh, Carlos stroking her hair while she sleeps, but <laughs> there, there. we blink past that. Yeah. <laughs> Whispering Chinese into her ear. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a Nedroid reference. I, I'm not actually making any like weird. Uh, hey, yeah, it, it has the cadence of something racist, but I don't understand how it would be. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. <laughs> so um so um you know they talk about nikolai like hey he's still alive um and then carlos mysterious like oh i need to go return some tapes <laughs> i gotta leave <laughs> yep. like here you go jill's all alone he did his job he was this kid he was the caretaker yep i'm out <laughs> um so uh you you head out um nemesis is there he's back uh again if uh, carlos got him which he doesn't have to like you can mm -hmm. just kind of beat him to, to Jill but if you if Carlos took him down he's way weaker here yeah uh, which makes him a great uh, great time to fight him yeah, um, yeah, in that yeah. piano room um, or you can just run away mm -hmm. um, and we just spend the next little bit in this park to the park which is another one of those critical paths on the way to the uh the hospital that we didn't take right right like you have to use jill's lockpick to get the actual key to the park from the uh, from the caretaker's office um this is an umbrella ass park it is full of puzzles and stuff like that because and snacks it's a what's that they're they're steppies they're they're oh. snackies oh yes they're they're there are loads and loads of snacks all throughout here yeah. um boy are those annoying because you cannot shoot them you can yeah but like it's a real ammo sink. It's not really worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a, a one particular. I'm going to call it a room. It's not really a room. There's a feature with a fountain, um, and you have to move around these black and white discs to drain the fountain uh, to get through a hatch in the bottom. This takes you to a uh, to a locked caretaker cabin. Uh, and here we have a bunch of hunters, like just regular ass hunters or alphas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, alpha boys, not those mm -hmm. soy boys that that. Or frogs. <laughs> um, the, uh, so yeah, so you're you're dealing with that. You have, um, you know, if you, I think that if you collected regular ammo as Carlos, you might get it. 
I, I think uh, it, yeah. it ends up in the um I think it ends up in the, in the, ends up in the, box. In the box, yeah. Yeah. So I mean you're you're pretty loaded for bear here. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're in the empowerment arc of the end of a Resident Evil when you have like enough ammo to deal with everything. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, there's a bunch of hunters here, but like, man, shoot them in the fucking face. Like yeah, everything's like, cool. One magnum round, they're down. Yeah. yeah. You know, so so uh not a uh, not too big of a deal. Um you kind of make your way through there, you get to this um you know, caretaker cabin, as I mentioned, uh, there's a dead uh, UBCS soldier with a memo to these supervisors who is a, a position that Nikolai has. It's not the generic term. They mm-hmm. should have come up with something for better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're to destroy evidence, uh, monitor combat effectiveness, which is like forever the MacGuffin <laughs> in these the games. Data. Like, yeah, got to get the data. It's, it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> how effective are they? Like, I mean, I just, it's, it's a big zombie outbreak. Like, it's pretty effective, dog. Like, yeah. I just I couldn't give less of a fuck about the military application of yeah. anything Umbrella does, and like they are fascinated with with that side of it. You it know, may, it makes perfect sense as an impetus to do it. Uh huh. It's just like they keep like it's well after things have gone shitty, they're still focused on that in a way that you know belies reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're also meant to. Uh, they also say they're they're there to watch the quote unquote guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Um, do not help anyone who is not a supervisor, which is very cute and quaint. <laughs> yep. No girls allowed. <laughs> the tough guys club. Yeah. Not tough enough to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, guinea pig is a word that they will, that, that umbrella always uses to refer to specifically any experimental subject, whether or not they are human here. It is specifically nemesis that they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so you get the umbrella, the raccoon park graveyard key um, in the uh, caretaker cabin. Uh, this is a safe room full of dried pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty spooky. Yeah. Um. Um, and going out the back of a fireplace, uh, you end up uh, in this other room, talks about the zombies uh, as the guinea pigs and talks about this plan to affect PO- infect POWs like this is their end game. Uh, is to you know turn turn an enemy's population against them. Yes, like take prisoners, infect them, and then release them. Yeah, you know, so uh, a kind of you know chemical virus viral warfare yeah. kind of thing that has uh, roots in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another note to say like their political plans have you know failed. They've tried to be nice. Uh, the military will execute the plan in the morning, which is the first little note that umbrellas or raccoon is going to get nuked. Yes. Um, on our way out, uh, Nikolai shows up. Um, he kind of does some villain speech. Says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of says like it wasn't his intention for the whole team to be wiped out. Um, and he starts to take off with the cabin uh, as the cabin starts shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we get our uh, mandatory boss fight with the grave digger. Yes, uh, um, as the graveyard collapses and you you fall underground. Yes, you fall into this trench that the grave digger has dug. Um, this uh, U shaped uh, kind of corridor that you're fighting it in. Um, and it will burrow and come up at random places in the ground. It is no longer pinned to these individual alcoves in a wall. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is, uh, you know, just a regular boss fight. He has like places he can pop out at. Um, you can just shoot him. You can also, um, there are eventually, if the fight goes on long enough, two light lamp posts mm-hmm. that will fall down that will allow you to shoot them and electrify the water. Hmm. Uh, and if he's uh, in the water, it will one hit kill him. So this happens after a couple of minutes yeah. um, of that. So I think that I had made some bad uh, decisions as far as what I took with me mm-hmm. here. Like I forgot this boss fight was here. So it's pretty low on ammo. 
um, and ended up having to result, uh, resort to this. Yeah. Um, which just means you dodge for a while. Like it actually ends up being very efficient to do it this way, but it takes a lot longer. Yeah. Um, oh. and that makes sense. I really enjoy that as a, um, kind of like, here's a helping hand from the game that ultimately oh, like, saves your resources. It's Resident a, Evil games should always have a, a release valve for when you go into a fight without enough. Oh, absolutely. Results. Because like the, the, the other option is, you know, like I'm, I'm generally trying to have, you know, as much inventory space as possible, you know, like I will try and run with just my pistol or maybe a shotgun or something like that. That is not enough for a lot of bosses. Yeah. Um, so like, I do not like the semi mandatory reset, you know? Yeah, me too. Like I, I spend a lot of time. I save up for the end bosses of these games, sometimes more than I should, mm-hmm. but I do. Uh, I very, you know, very, I'm very conservative in these. Yeah. So uh, same, same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but this opens up the path to our final area our dead factory. Um, you head on, uh, so after you do this, you know, the park is overrun with zombies, you head out to make your way uh, to this area, and you're on a rope bridge, the factory, and Nemesis attacks again, uh-huh. this time from beneath. Uh, that has been the, the repeating theme of this, and you know, I, I realize, like, somebody who hasn't played this in a while or has never played it, it might sound exhausting to hear about it secondhand. You you might just have to trust us that it works. <laughs> right. um, I was I was never sad that Nemesis showed up. I was never like, oh, my God, Nemesis. Yeah. Like, it's always, like, it, it doesn't feel like start and stop. It feels like one kind. It's like Fury Road. <laughs> like, you do stop and do puzzles and uh, every once in a while, but it does feel like a nonstop kind of chase. Yeah. It feels of a piece. They, they vary it up um, very intentionally, it feels like. Um, either, you know, the environments that he pops in at, like, or here where he is like popping his tentacles up through the bridge, kind of like chasing you as you go along. Like the circumstances yeah. are just enough. They throw in those, those, uh, decision points, uh, every once in a while. Like it, it works because it is a fun fight regardless. Yeah. And if you decide to avoid him, those are interesting and cinematic points. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so when he pops up, um, you can either you can jump off yourself or push him off, <laughs> um, which very similar to the uh, clock tower just changes your entry point. Yeah. yeah. Um, here, I jump down. Um, uh, it looks like you push down, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, just real quick, if you jump down, you end up in this like kind of sewer area, and Carlos pops in and saves you from like a thousand zombies that surround you. Oh, wow. And you make your way up from there. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you push him, which doesn't seem like it should work. <laughs> he's very he's very tall and big yeah center of gravity's uh, uh not advantageous yeah <laughs> but uh, you just go into the front door uh yeah. so you so you miss out around that uh which leads to you having a bunch of doors that you think huh i should be able to open that shouldn't i uh but no that's just the path down to where you came in through <laughs> yeah. yeah uh for me you know i get to a safe room in here like this is supposed to be an abandoned factory but there you know there's evidence of recent activity Carlos tells me that, yes, the government is going to launch a missile at Raccoon City come dawn. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So there's a nuke <laughs> on the table. Yeah. This is uh, this is actually different uh, than the ending of Resident Evil 2, which just implies that Raccoon City and all of the evidence of the crimes were destroyed in a massive fire that took place. Like, this is a retcon of the way yeah. that Raccoon City was destroyed. I'm I'm far more into the U.S. government having to, like, get rid of an entire city. Yeah, I, I had to do it in Pandemic Legacy, so <laughs> the, the government should have to do it as well. Yep. So goodbye, Tokyo. Fair, fair. fair. Unfortunately, yeah. It's, uh, you know, um, yeah. 
Uh, so as you, you find out here, um, there's a manager's diary which is talking about this gas system that they use to dispose of uh, quote-unquote guinea pigs. Yeah. How it's not necessarily working. I mean, he needs to save one bullet for himself, etc. Um, I'll, I'll lose my mind if I imagine how painful the death will be Yeah. Uh, of being these things. So yeah. uh, pretty tricky. Yeah. Well, like specifically, this is an umbrella facility masquerading as an abandoned factory to fall below notice. This is where they are disposing of all the failed experiments. Yes. Yeah. Which they create them in the basement of a hospital. So <laughs> the degree to which they have to hide anything is kind of uh, <laughs> uh, kind of suspect. Um, we go through this like room where there are these uh, steam vents. Yeah. Um, I find this this puzzle a little bit annoying. It's it feels more like just a task than a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's only a couple ways it can work, and you have to do it on your way out too. I just feel like once you get to the end, all the steam should just end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're just you're changing, uh, you know, vents. Yeah, where, where where the steam is coming out to clear a path for yourself. Um, yeah. And when you get there, you open up the safety system, which uh, kind of opens up these other areas uh, down to specifically the lower treatment level, which is full of these hunters. Um, you know, they're mixing in some of these beta hunters that kind of appear to have tumors all over them and will poison you if they attack. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like we said, just, uh, there are lots of these blue herb pots around, which is fine. Yeah. It ends up, you know, ends up just, again, just kind of being a little bit of a task. Like, Hey, go do this annoying thing because you got tagged. Um, but it's, you know, again, fine. Yeah. Um, find this memo C or this, uh, memo C this memo Shane. (laughs) What was yeah? What was that? What was it going for? Um, there, there's I don't know. There, there's a memo that you find that explains that they're they're shooting trespassers on sight or capturing them and turning them into guinea pigs. So Hor- like horrifyingly, yeah, super super evil. Um, uh, they, they they have lockdowns caused by contamination in the decomposed specimens pool. Oh. So re- real cartoonish. Uh, <laughs> they got themselves a stew going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all, all of all of trespassers will be slurried. Uh, so. Oh, geez. Uh, so in order to trick some of their systems, you have to provide a clean water sample. Um, in order to do that, you have to uh, take it and do this waveform alignment puzzle. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you have three different layers and you're like moving along these little blocks in order to mimic the... Uh, the um the the waveform of the clean sample to do that i like this it's, it's a little yeah it's 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 pretty complicated i don't even know how to explain it yeah um it's more complicated than we're explaining it though yeah um you know it, it, a lot of little moving places it's actually way easier than it seems because you look for the uh the null mm-hmm. places on the, the waveform and line those up first and there's only a couple of compl- complications yeah uh a couple of combinations but it looks way hard it looks very hard mm-hmm. yep. yeah into it though yeah I, yeah, I don't. I don't mind this, uh, especially after a clock, <laughs> uh, death clock. After <laughs> yeah. after after watching Metalocalypse. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. Um, so this opens uh, the kind of contamination door, uh, which takes us into a room where Nikolai is at. This is this can shake out differently uh, depending on the choices that you have made. For me, you know, Nikolai is shooting at you know shooting at Jill and like, hey, why do you even why do you even care? You know, just run like. All of us are going to die anyway. We don't help each other, blah, blah, blah. Like Nikolai specifically has been killing all of the other supervisors so that so they, he has leverage to negotiate his bonus. Yeah. And he even says something like Jill won't be worth very much, but like every little bit counts. Right, right. There's some kind of weird thing. Like he's he's very uh, greed motivated in a way that feels. It's, it's almost like he's some kind of mercenary. He is one of the mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. But it, just like a way that seems ridiculous in comparison to his circumstances. Right. You know, like right. that's just the things he's doing. But like the man, you know, like 
there's zombies around here for you too, buddy. Like two yeah. of your men got killed and they weren't, you know, they weren't idiots. It wasn't like, by you know, your just, hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. A couple of them, you know, died not by your hand or like people, people are getting hurt. Like this seems very dangerous for you to be doing this for this like little tiny bonus for Jill. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I love her reaction. I have no intention of contributing to your retirement fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he gets pulled up uh, into the ceiling by a monster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are a couple, there's another, depending on maybe where you go in, there's another way this can articulate as well. He ends up in a, uh, like in a helicopter later on, yes. like up in the control room or the, uh, yeah. the, the air control tower. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where's, where's where I dealt with him, uh, there. And, uh, I didn't, you know, never end up really fighting him. Like you can, but I never actually end up dealing with Nikolai. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he is an optional, optional boss. Oh, so in that, in that version of the story, does he get away? Uh, as far as I know, I didn't uh, I didn't watch all of the uh, epilogues, so mm. I don't know if he has an epilogue slide. He didn't have one for mine because the way they do epilogues in this game is infuriating and dumb. Um, but the <laughs> new, new game uh, plus seven. Yeah, new, exactly. Like, you know, just beat the game like, oh, we expect you to do 36 hours of this, uh, this six hour game to get, <laughs> uh, you know, all seven paragraphs, collect all the paragraphs. What else um, are you going to do? You're going to eat from our hands. Yeah, we're Capcom. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't. I don't actually know. Uh, but he did. He did survive. Like I did not fight, fight him, which is a, a silly thing. Like he can live to the end of this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Here, I'm looking at this. Uh, there are no epilogues for Nikolai. There's Jill, yeah. Chris, Barry, Leon, Claire, Sherry, Ada, and Hunk. Uh, I think yeah. most of those end up being canonical, like uh, Sherry specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nikolai's dealt with. He <laughs> he's in the ceiling now. Um, <laughs> he's, 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 an, he's, he's gone to a, to a higher place you in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Above, above yeah. the drop ceiling. That's what I mean, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, um, of course. Oh. Uh, so you head uh, through this disposal room on your way out of here and we have uh, another uh, nemesis boss fight. Here is, uh, him where he doesn't have his coat on. So he's all tentacles, all tentacles uh, all the time. Yep. Uh, which makes a big deal. He can kind of grab your feet from across the way. He does like you know, kind of get over you get, or get over here. Yeah. You think? He'll never get over <laughs> he does get over. You never get like, just like smash cut to nemesis playing piano in a park until Jill takes him back. Like he, he, will, he will never get over hey, you. But, hey, like, Gary. hey Gary, this yeah. is the second time in a row that you made that reference on recording sessions. What the is fuck it? are you talking about? Oh, like some, some, uh, some, some terrible guy uh, got broken up with by his girlfriend and then was like, I'm going to play piano in central park until she takes me back. Oh, Jesus. And uh, it has a happy ending. Cause he did it until somebody punched him in the face and now he quit. <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> I don't want to hear about how violence doesn't solve things ever again. Like, it just, you know, he's fine. Like, you yeah. know, these, these people who are just like, you know, you can't punch people. Like, he's fine. You know, I, I've been punched in the face. You get over it, you know. Um, but it got him to stop acting like an asshole. Like, it worked. Um, yeah, I'm not comparing him to a, to a Nazi. I'm no, just saying, no. like, you know, somebody was like, hey, you're being a real creepy dipshit. Yeah. Uh, stop. And he socked him. Uh-huh. He's fine, and he stopped. <laughs> what is the problem? Uh, yeah, so. I, I had no idea what that story was. So, I, oh yeah, <laughs> he, he he looks like the kind of guy who would do that too, man. A, like a real Martin Shkreli. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty. Well, I mean, no, like more of like a like a shitty heartthrob. Yeah. Like Martin Shkreli looks like uh, the boy from the boy. Like he looks like a real <laughs> Brahms figure. Yeah, it's um, a, a, a what is it? There, there, there's a there's a word for Shkreli, like back Feichenscheist. Like a, like a, like a face that is meant to be punched. Yeah. Yeah. 
like like you know like a, a very like um like that one puppet on Pee-wee's Playhouse who has just like abused the other puppets and made Pee-wee feel bad. <laughs> like he had that one that like just came down from the ceiling and was like, "Hey, you're an asshole." <laughs> and then Pee-wee would be sad for the rest of the episode. Like that's what Martin Kelly looks like. This guy looks like um like a shit like a like a dark groban. <laughs> like like a real like a real dime store jeff buckley yeah 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 (laughs) okay huh well anyway um yeah you're fighting nemesis in this uh kind of expansive disposal room uh he he has uh the ability to tentacle you from the you know by the feet and pull you down but you have an advantage and it's actually like the way that you expose his tentacles is you know he goes to attack you and he accidentally hits this valve that sprays acid you know this is a big waste disposal room where they've got you know the ability to dissolve a bunch of stuff and that is one of the ways you can resolve this which is to lure him over to one of these multiple spigots and you know take him out that way you can kill him normally but that doesn't involve melting his head and arm yeah and just takes tons of ammo you know at this point he's 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 a tough boy yeah at this point. So you want you want to melt him. Yeah. And it's a cool way to take care of him. After he dies, a key card falls out of a dead scientist's pocket in a real like Deus Ex like it just pans over and just goes <laughs> and slides out like the candy out of my new Pep Pep's palm. Um and uh, uh as you leave, um the floor opens and drops Nemesis into this uh in that decomposing corpse shoot. Right, right. And this begins our end game. Do you have a card key? Um, I think this is when like klaxons and alarms start going off. Yeah. Every Resident Evil ends in a klaxon lab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yep. Where they're developing the trademark klaxon. I had no idea that klaxon was a brand name. Yeah. Until there, I read it. Until I read a turns out article. Yeah. Um, so with this card key, you can get to a locked door uh, that takes you to like a control room. It looks kind of like an air traffic tower. Um, Carlos radios in. Uh, you know, he has a ride. He somehow found a miracle chopper when he was out returning his tapes. Uh, and he tells me, hey, you can grab this missile radar, which implies yeah. that there's a time limit. I'm not actually sure if there is, but you can see how close the uh, the, the attack is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, so you, you, you grab that thing. Um, you head into this, this final kind of room here with this uh, this railgun. Uh, there's a dead tyrant in there. It's kind of like a little shout out mm-hmm. uh, against the wall. Um, we have to talk about this this railgun for a little while. Um, <laughs> you get a uh, memo for this. This is called Paracelsus's sword. <laughs> um, I know I brought this up before, but Paracelsus is a real guy. Yep. Whose real name is Theophrastus Bombastus von Hohenhain. <laughs> no joke. It's pretty good. Uh, I learned that on yeah. Sawbones. It's really good. Yeah, Theophrastus bomb bombastus man like <laughs> bombastus bombastus like what a what a good middle name yeah like any part of that on its own is pretty good like von mm-hmm. hohenheim is probably like the least interesting but still you know makes butterfield look like a pile of shit yeah you know it's it's, it's a really it's a really good name <laughs> so i'm i'm way into this and so um somebody is developing this like it seems like the military because there are tons of dead soldiers uh, right. around here too that you find on your way but also this is an umbrella lab so it kind of implies some kind of government assault uh on here uh, kind of through the environmental storytelling, but that 
that doesn't make is any not sense. really referred to. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird, though. Like, this is a U.S. military yeah. memo. There are dead soldiers. Like, mm-hmm. you legitimately find. So I don't exactly know what the story is with this room. No. Um, it's it's pretty goofy. Yeah, it is specifically a boss disposal room. Like yeah. there, there is, I don't, I, I cannot imagine the amount of story justification or development that would make this, that would make this work and make it feel grounded. Yeah. So I don't know. It is just to have kind of a gimmick fight. Yeah. For this end thing. So, <laughs> uh, this gimmick fight with a nemesis who falls from the ceiling, he's 100% goopy. He's gone full G Birkin. Um, and he is kind of slowly bearing down on you. Yeah. Um, as he, um, you know, he eats the nemesis and then transforms into the squid face behemoth. Yeah. And you can fight him normally here, actually. Like he does have mm-hmm. a health bar and everything, but the way you're meant to is to a combination of fighting him normally. Plus like you push in three batteries and it charges up the laser. And then if he's in the path of the laser, uh, it will shoot. Yes. Or you can, you can shoot the laser. Um, it takes, it does a huge amount of damage, but it will be a combination of both things. Yeah. Yeah. Like one um, shot isn't enough to do it, but like, you will generally want to pepper him with some bullets or some freeze rounds in my case, uh, in order to, uh, kind of like slow him down as you're making these, uh, making these rounds. I think that the, I think three, if you don't shoot him at all, I think it's three laser blasts. Um, I think most people get away with two, Mm -hmm. uh, cause they shoot him. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, uh, that's the fight. Yeah. Um, you you do this, it's, you know, as far as resident evil boss fights go, the arena is good. You can get away from him. Mm -hmm. His big thing now that he's a squid based behemoth is, uh, like hawking up poison yeah like he throws poison gel at you Mm -hmm. uh, from from pretty far distances that's very hard to dodge yeah and Uh, so it's you you you've never really had to deal with poison on a like an end boss enemy in resident evil before so like that might be a surprise like it will put this weird time limit on you if you end up getting hit yeah even if you knew you're gonna fight a boss you weren't gonna bring a blue herb right because you know that doesn't make any sense um so, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit like his final form is actually, I like this fight as far as the laser shit. I actually think it's a little bit disappointing that he turns into just a Birkin mm-hmm. thing. You know, uh, I, I wanted something more from my boy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's been so different and buck those trends to just turn into like literally a resident, resident evil ass and boss. Right. Right. You know, so, you know, yeah, I, I just, I don't consider this final fight with him. Like the, the one in the acid room is, you know, like yeah. that, that, that is a good final fight with nemesis. This is, yeah. you know. A a final reg- fight with uh, yeah, it, it is a regression to the mean. Yeah. 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 Um, so with him down, you think, all right, yay, we've got this. The way op- you know, the, the, the way out has opened up to the helipad, but there is a uh, there, there's a little bit of a wrinkle here because Nemesis uh, is still alive and is coming after you. And you have your final choice, whether yeah. to run and leave him to be killed in the uh, uh, the onslaught or to finish him off yourself. Yeah. And of course you want to take him out. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no downside to, to doing the final like shot in the head. It would be very strange if Jill just ended up dying because she took the time. Like it's not really a choice at all. Like there's no downside to either of them. Yeah. 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 Very, very strange. But you take, you take him out, you get your action one liner kind of, he says, I'll give you stars. And it's like, well, I'll show you stars. Like, is, is that, is that what you did? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Seeing stars seems like an understatement for, and not really wildly appropriate for what's going on with this guy, but okay. <laughs> um, you meet uh, Carlos up on the roof. You fly away as the city is nuked. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get this epilogue, like a standard epilogue that everyone gets, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, talks about the death toll, uh, it surpasses a hundred thousand people. Huge big deal. The city has been wiped from the map. Um, Jill vows revenge. 
Um, They've gone too far this time. They didn't before. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is too far. Um, And then you get an individualized epilogue, one of those, as we mentioned, those collect them all epilogues. That most of which are for characters that are not in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of tell you what they were up to. Like, what's Barry been doing during this? Yeah. Well, I'm here curious. you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, as per usual, there's a secondary mode mm-hmm. for this game um, called Mercenary Modes. I, Mercenary Mode. I don't think it's as fun as RE4, but I think it's a big step up from RE2s. Yes. Um, I think Mercenary Mode is pretty fun in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can uh, select different characters and they have different loadouts as opposed yeah. to just being either Hunk or Tofu. And they have a, like a score-based uh, thing where you um, gain points for doing different actions. Mm-hmm. I mean, either gain points or time, but there's um, a way to exploit this to get uh, you know items for the main game. There's like a, a, a dumpster you can stand on that you can dodge a, uh, a dog <laughs> that comes up to you, and you can do it kind of in perpetuity and build up this huge combo. Yeah, yeah. That ends up giving you, like, tons of time and tons of, you know, the score at the end, so you can get, like, you know, rocket launcher <laughs> yeah, and all this Yeah, if it am a rocket launcher, yeah. Yeah, uh, which I remember doing as a kid. Oh, of course. Not as a kid, you know, 19, as a 19-year-old. But I did this <laughs> when that came out because I was like, yes, uh, Mercenary Mode is fun. Yeah. Um, and it, it, is, it is pretty scary. fun. You know, all of us were kids yesterday and we'll be dead tomorrow. That's true. Yeah, what has four legs in the evening um yeah so mercenary mode is is i'm never gonna get way into this but like Mm -hmm. it has always been the way that capcom has shored up their short games right generally with varying degrees of success yeah this is the the, this is good i like the code veronica one as well um because it is like this weird little nes remix style thing um no here it's good i I think they found their they found the stride uh with this one And that ends up being Resident Evil 3 um, in the end, which is like when we talk about it, it is a weird it is such a guiding game mm-hmm. and it is such a like what of consequence really happened <laughs> here. It is much more it's very much a side story. It feels like that but it's not worse for that because it it's like feels zoomed in. Yes. Like it, a really small scale. It doesn't reveal too much more about Umbrella or about the scope of what is going on, you know, in yeah. a way that RE2, you know, upped the stakes. Um, compared to RE1. You know, the stakes are roughly the same here. You know, you are looking at a different part of this story. Um, And I think that's fine. You know, we are looking at a character that we have affection for. We're we're getting more of a sense for how militarized Umbrella is. Like, just from a story, you know, kind of standpoint. From a play standpoint, like, I really, really wish this wasn't such an evolutionary dead end for this series. Because if they had taken this and, you know, moved along and elaborated on it, um, especially with Code Veronica, I think the series would have had a very different future. I think so, too. Like, I think that there, this is on a, a trajectory that would have stayed the execution of, like, classic-style Resident Evils. Yes. Um, and part of it being that kind of inconsequential um, side story-ness is actually a pretty big boon. Um, you know, I'm a, I have some affection for Resident Evil lore, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, with the best will in the world, I can't say that it doesn't get so far up its own ass as to be incomprehensible nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, like it gets so dumb. Yeah. Like, like you, have to, you have to accept that and sign dumb. up for it. You know, like it is it is hard to sell for anybody who has a marinated in it their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's like a little bit of that like toad that's in the, the 
the teapot or whatever because it's like it starts out pretty dumb mm-hmm. and then just by re6 like as we mentioned like beef boy and beef smaller boy like <laughs> it is it is just absolutely nonsense right you right. know it is just so you uh and that uh that path of things continues in code veronica which is one of the more nonsense games and i like it for that mm-hmm. but this is kind of our last grasp at like a manageable umbrella yeah a manageable re story like this has a sense of scale and kind of uh, you know, that they wouldn't really scale back to, um, I mean, they do with four, mm-hmm. uh, but then five and six are totally off the fucking rails. <laughs> you consider four seven. scaled back? <laughs> uh, no, as far as like the, like re- lower part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah there we oh, go. This okay. is, you know, this I, is yeah, a I, I was, yeah, an evil I, cult that found a bug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it is a manageable amount of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There are nods towards like Krauser and stuff, but like there is uh as far as like the actual comprehensiveness of the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes. Yeah, you know, and then but then you know five is not that. Oh, four, I mean uh, five. All of this baggage is back in full effect. Yeah, five is is four's play plus all of you know the Code Veronica nonsense and like those little reprises. Like as much as I like that nonsense, mm-hmm. these little like reprieves are really valuable. Very much so. Uh, yeah. It feels so good to start over mm-hmm. with that stuff. Like you know, and we were going to talk about seven, which we're going to talk a lot of sugar about in two weeks. Like I was so happy to just be like, man, this is just you know an evil company did an evil thing. Remember that. <laughs> like just you know oh it's a bioweapon yeah you know it's it's not uh there's just not all of this like conspiracy nonsense mm-hmm. uh, on top of it so it's very cool to play a classic resident evil game that is as refined as the old style ones got mm-hmm. you know it is not a, as quite as strong as remake which is an old style um but remake yeah. strengths are very different yeah re- 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 remake strengths are in dread and in um and in uh atmosphere Right. Yeah, it's a, a much scarier game. Mm-hmm. Not that Nemesis isn't scary, but it's a different kind of scary. That yes. pursuit, that like fatigue part of of terror, mm-hmm. that kind of comes, you know, is a is a different kind of scary. Yep. Uh, so it, it does a really, you know, it succeeds in being scary. It succeeds in being modest in scope. Um, succeeds in being really mechanically tight, like mm-hmm. all over. Like this is, you know, this is a great Resident Evil game. This is very, and it, very good. <laughs> yeah, RE three is good. Yeah. And people uh, shit on it a lot. And I think part of it is that idea that it's. You know, the the thing you talked about earlier with the PlayStation, like, oh, it's just reusing shit. Nope. Um, and I, I don't think that that criticism stands up. No. So. Yeah. So, like, if you're, a, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, we have a lot of people who say, like, oh, I experience these games vicariously through Watch Out for Fireballs. Like, if you're familiar with the Resident Evil format, if you're, you know, kind of roughly aware of what goes on in these games, but you've avoided Resident Evil 3 for some reason, the investment is very low. And I think that you're yeah. going to get something really enjoyable out of the back of it. Yeah. It's it's very nice that like remake two and three all stand up so well. Yes. You know, um, and it's going to be, in, you know, and the other side of that coin. So next week you could talk about Code Veronica. Like it's very hard for me to recommend anybody play that. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't hate it. You came around, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised because the first two times I played it as a kid, I liked it a lot. Uh huh. Um, but looking at it again, it does not hold up very well for me. Yeah. Um, you know, while having a lot to like, but it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's like, well, you know, that's the fucker that killed this. You know, <laughs> this is this is the uh, this is the budding shoot that could have been, you know, uh, the, you know, the rest of the the series, and then there was the the reason it had to die. Yep. You know, which is a bummer. And I think that like you can lay that on Code Veronica, but you can also lay it on Capcom for just uh, you know, becoming JoJo the Circus Boy with his pretty new pad just you know smothering it as they go yeah like it's uh i think they they got a little bit too enthusiastic by developing so many things at once i think so too yeah yeah um yeah so that's gonna be next week as you mentioned 
if you have uh, we're recording this like w- way in advance. If you have uh, things to say about uh, Resident Evil 3, Code Veronica, or Resident Evil 7, hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact by October 15th. Yes, the, um, uh, the, that is the deadline. The deadline will always be the 15th of a given month. And Gary, we haven't recorded that response episode yet, but if you have things to say about Transistor, Thimbleweed Park, or ActRaiser, our poll winner, um, that mm-hmm. deadline is November the 15th. Yes, um, we should say those games are coming up because mm-hmm. we haven't, we haven't announced those. Oh, no, we, 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 we did. No, we, we announced those. Oh, we last do, week. we do in the, uh, man, in the extra. Well, for last month. <laughs> that, that's what that, that's yeah. why I, that's We're why I, this on, on <laughs> September 14th. So everyone knows we're doing this like, you know, several weeks before it comes out and right, right. But the, that, that's, that, that's why I, uh, led up with, oh, we haven't ah. recorded this response episode where we would have otherwise yes. announced it. I was I was confused by the chronology. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's what's coming up in November. And then we have our, our big winter WRPG coming up. Mm-hmm. Really excited. Um, a bunch of people have asked me on Twitter uh, if we are going to cover Death of the Outsider. Um, no plans, but like. I'm playing I it. I imagine eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play it. And like, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I can't imagine us getting through, you know, that's such a small series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is, you know, those are episodes are really, really well thought of. Like, watch out for Fireball Dishonored shows up as an autocomplete. Mm-hmm. on google with like people are searching for things so like people like those episodes i imagine we will yeah at some point i don't know exactly when mm-hmm. but uh you know probably sometime next year yeah um yeah uh if you uh if you like the show what else can they do cool well you can go to patreon.com slash duckvtv and kick us a couple of bucks a month and we have some thanks to extend uh from among those patreon backers to magnus aspling kevin dyke alex gagney Red Biologist, and Jared Yap. Thanks so much, everybody. That is the only way that we are able to do things like the Portland Richard Games Expo, which is coming up shortly. Uh, If you're listening to this either on early release or on regular feed, it's in a few weeks, uh, October the 21st and 22nd. We will be there on the floor uh, manning a booth, but we'll also be doing a live show about the uh, WarioWare series of games. Super excited about that. Um, and, uh, you can look for our location and that schedule at retrogamingexpo.com. Yes. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this before or if we will mention it during the, uh, yesterday or whatever, but we're sharing that booth with Retronauts, mm-hmm. uh, your friend and ours. So, uh, come say hi to those guys too. Yeah. Um, we'll do a meetup that weekend on Saturday. The details are forthcoming, but we're sharing that with those guys. We are, uh, we are retro gaming buddies. Yes. Uh, so come hang out with us. Please um, do. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you can listen to our other shows. Uh, if you go to duckfeed.tv, you can see everything that we have on offer. Um, please consider doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably about it. Yeah. Think so. Uh, so, yeah. Until next time, what should they watch out for? They should watch out for Nemesis. He's right behind you. Always. And stars. 18 years later. Still there. He's graduating stars. high school and he's coming at you with a he's degree. The, the, it's, uh, that's the, the stars of track and field. Uh, Bell and Sebastian song was about him graduating high school and going after them. So.
cool. Alternatively, that Mountain Goat song about the uh, the quarterback who was doing drugs. Oh yeah. Also, the star quarterback. So that also would have been a another another poll for Nemesis fighting high school. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been another poll for a very limited joke audience. Yep. Yeah. Depending on which which side of the non-connecting Venn diagram you're on, <laughs> which hey, which I, I listen sphere. I listen to both uh, Bell and Sebastian and Mountain Goats. Yeah. It, it's I, I mean I do too. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not unique. It's not non-connecting. <laughs>